is Kid. My name is oh. what? My name is who? Shut up. My name is. My name is Angelo. Slim Shady. Like the stream. My name is Angelo, and welcome to We Want Picks. Jakey and I are going to break down the entire UFC Austin fight card. We're going to give you our picks, our predictions, our bets, and our DraftKings fantasy plays. But before I do, let me tell you about our biggest giveaway of the year. Potentially our biggest giveaway ever. We will oh give you $1,000. And it's free to enter. The only things that need to happen. It's all free. Everything's free. The only thing that needs to happen You have to, to follow is, my Twitter. Shut up. No, And no, no, my Instagram. Stop. Follow stop. the Instagram. Seriously, don't confuse it. The only thing, you should do those things, but the only thing you need to do to enter this contest is subscribe to the We Want Picks YouTube channel, subscribe to the Picks Nation YouTube channel, and comment on the giveaway video. If you do those three things, well, you can win $1,000. The We Want Picks YouTube channel has to hit 20,000 subscribers, which we should hit, no problem. The Picks Nation YouTube channel just has to hit 10,000 subscribers. Which we should hit, no problem. <clears throat> and if you're a premium member, we'll give you $1,000. If you're not a premium <clears throat> member, we'll give you $500. 100% free to enter. Hitting these milestones should be absolutely super simple. And we will give you that money. What? 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 Uh, well, I, you know, you were the Jesus. one that said you didn't want to confuse the people. But on this graphic right now, it says comment on this video when you told them to comment on a different video. I'm just, you know, you're the one that was okay, stressing. Fine. That is okay. fair. Here. Okay. That's fair. Here, I'll, right. I'll fix it right now. All right. I don't want to be last last podcast. No, you're right. You're right. We got off on a little bit of a wrong on the wrong foot here. So, you know, let's just. Uh, I don't want to upset. Hey, just, hey, we're good. Hey, hey, hey I'm, right. not hey. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. No, I'm not mad. I, and I and I was and I was wrong for being mad. I just assumed here's Jacob being Jacob, but it was actually Jacob being helpful. So I, my apologies. Eh. Anyway, here's the conditions. It's super easy. It costs you nothing. Comment on the giveaway video. Subscribe to both of our YouTube channels, and as long as we hit those milestones, which again we should hit, we were probably going to hit those milestones without the giveaway, but we're doing the giveaway just to push it over the edge. And if we hit all those things. In the next month, basically, we'll give away $1,000 if you're premium, 500 if you're not, but you should be premium because it is the greatest service in this space, period, end of story. I was going to say, yeah, at, you said in this space for sure, but the greatest service. I've had some uh, this, pretty good service. So. <laughs> Servicings. Uh, anyway, Ooh. let's take a look at what premium members got from us last event. My safety parlay hit. Jacob did all the things. He went 11 and 2 on picks. His lock of the week hit. That is free, though. He was up units. His bets did well. Our ownership projections were the literal best in the game. 12 and this... 2 in picks, by the way. I'm taking that. You said that. 11 and 2. Oh, well, I'm, yeah. I'm taking the uh, Ogden win. There you go. Congratulations on the Ogden win. You're going to get the safety parlay, which has been a 70%. Hit accuracy success story. I'm a big fan You're, of the safety parlay. Thank you so much. We're going to debate a couple of fights tonight. You're going to get the line movement tracker. This is going to give you opening odds, current odds, win probability, and line movement for every single fighter on every single card. This card, there are two fighters that flipped from underdogs to favorites. Eight fighters that have 20% line movement or more. You're going to get detailed data, metrics, and analytics. We're going to give you a ton of data and allow you to sort and investigate and look and work your way through the columns to work yourself in or out of prop bets is the most useful way 
to use these. You're going to get the DraftKings Optimizer. If you don't know what DraftKings Fantasy is, well, you compete with your friends, like in fantasy football, but for fights. And this will build your lineups for you. It'll build 150 lineups for you. And if you check our DraftKings videos, you will see that we have over $400,000 in community winnings over the last few months. And you're going to get more than just me and Handsome Jake. You're going to get Artem breaking down LFA, PFL, UFC, and everything else. I think his PFL picks were pretty solid last week, if I'm not wrong. Well, you're gonna get what? I think you had Brunson. Easy card to, uh, oh, easy card to pick. Well, Brunson was and that, a big that broadcast was like, I literally I paid at the last second. I paid fifty dollars for that broadcast. Worst money I've ever spent in my life. I, I went to bed. <laughs> I went to bed before the co-main and the main. Dude. I, was, I was like sitting there just like. There was, I think the the card had been on for five or six hours, and we've got, we, they got through like six or seven fights. It was like a fight an hour. I was just sitting there like, oh my god, what are we doing? They were so boring too. People man. people take UFC for granted. It is a tried and true product that I, they have perfected I, over thirty years. And I literally, it crossed my mind on Friday to go live for PFL. I would have, <laughs> it would have been the last stream I think I ever would have done. I was telling the Discord, it's like when, like when a comic like compiles all their material, material to get like a full hour to do their special, and then they have nothing left because that's like all they have. That stream would have taken everything out of me to kill all that time I would have had to kill. Holy shit! But we would have got. I mean, it still would have been fun. Obviously, live streams are fun. Well. Right. You're going to get Artem breaking down PFL and Bellator and other fight cards. You're going to get the Pick Doctor. The Pick Doctor developed an AI. That AI is picking fights. It has picked the last five fights at a 75% accuracy. You're also going to get the MMA Minute. This guy has 30,000 followers on Tiki Taki, giving you picks, bets, round line leans. You're going to get Running Mouth MMA doing the same. All of this and so much more is only $10 a month. Oh, and... That premium membership, that $10 a month, doubles your winnings for our giveaway. We want picks.com. Click become a member at the top. Don't forget to follow our socials as Jacob was plugging his very selfishly. This is free. This is just a way to show support for the community, to show support well, for us. Between the socials, mine's like entertaining. Yours is just like old man boring. Well, these aren't my socials. These are the We Want Pick socials. Know, my socials are locked down. You can, be, you can do guy, a little bit. Remember when that guy in the Discord was like, Angela, why is your Instagram private? And I was like, I have children. He's like, so? It's like, what? Didn't he say something like... He's like, but you're a celebrity. I was like, no, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, so it was, something, it was something weird that was like, please let me see those pictures or something. It was like, <laughs> that was like the, the what he was trying to get at. Like, please, for the love of God. It was like, yeah. <laughs> I no. think that was dude. I, oh, oh my god! I just re I think that was Josh Giddy. I literally think <laughs> I literally, if I remember back, I think that that was Josh Giddy was reaching out and saying, "I need those pictures." How old is the oldest? Oh, okay, all right, yeah, almost there. And I, well, I literally pay the editor. Go watch the fight foods vlogs. I pay the editor to throw pictures on top of my children's faces because that's none of your damn business. But these are the We Want Pick socials. Follow those. We are on every single audio platform you could ever imagine. And if you want to send us mail, send us mail. If you watched the last Fight Foods vlog, somebody sent us some hot sauce, which really uh, did a number. Did quite the number. But we also got a few really nice letters that we read. Send whatever you want to send. We'll read it. We'll open it. We'll do all the things on the Fight Food vlogs for every pay-per-view. So you have a couple of weeks before the December 16th card. Here is the address if you want to send something. Jakey boy, are you ready 
to break down what is actually a pretty good card. Um, first of all, um, how was your Thanksgiving? Okay. Mine was you no showed, which was disappointing, but always I didn't, expected. I, there was not; it was not a no show. I said I'm not coming. I so it's not no, like I was a, supposed to be a, there, no, and then no. I just no showed. No that show is like a, you were expecting me. I was expecting you, but I texted you and said not coming. So why would you expect me? You said not coming that day. I think it was the day before. No, it was that day. I'm not going to make it today, and I was like, okay, why so not? why were you? So why were you? And then you're me? like, I'm a busy man. Which we just know is not true. Did you, see, did you see that Lock of the Week video? Which is live right now. If you have not watched it, I would turn off this video and go watch the Lock of the Week video. <laughs> and then come back because I spent a lot of time on that Lock of the Week video. And it's, uh, I mean, I think that 6,000 views in the first 24 hours already, it's going to start setting records, man. Your goal was 10. should get there. For no the problem. week? I was like, this might get 10,000 yeah. for the week. It's got 6,000 Well, the Lock already. of the Week video, the Lock of the Week videos are interesting because they always have the biggest pop. Every Lock of the Week video is the number one video Boom. that we have and then it it drops fast i think everybody's like what is it and then by two days later they're like yeah okay i know now but for this video is the opposite it doesn't have a wild splash but it works its way up to 12 15 000 views throughout the week so hmm. anyway watch the lock of the week video they are by far we're asking you to do a lot of shit the lock of the week videos are by far the best, most well-produced videos in this space. Period. End of story. Without question. Anybody so who doesn't appreciate that's a hundred percent sincere statement. Anybody who doesn't appreciate, I like. That, I mean, I mean, this is gonna be a little bit space. of a. I, after you kind of compliment me, this is gonna be a little bit of a slight towards you, but uh, uh-huh. that's also gonna be a compliment as well. I'll be honest with you. I, uh, I kind of like sober Inge. <laughs> after last week it's a nice change who this is the I'm, Angelo. I'm gonna start crying this is the angelo I, I, I miss this angelo i wish i could see him more often well, especially because right before we came on my daughter has a peanut allergy and right before we came on she was coughing like crazy we're like uh-oh but i put that aside i put my personal life aside she's choking right in the corner i put that aside and i'm here for you i'm here for work this is work and last thing too, um, this yeah, has to, and, and this is a nice transition because somebody is going to leave some nasty comment. Talk about the fight tonight. Veronica Hardy to me right now in that picture looks like like an old school like Renaissance painting that you would see in like an old house, and her eyes follow you as you walk back and forth. It's got that vibe to it. There's a lot of life in those eyes right now. Like some pictures, like I mean, a lot They're of these pictures are just. They're just like normal pictures, but her eyes are just like, there's something about that little look she's given. It's like, it's like no matter where I go. Jamie's eyes are doing something too. I think cutting glass, but her eyes are doing something too. She's got the Ryan Gosling kind of close together. First up at UFC Austin, we have Veronica Hardy, formerly Veronica Macedo, taking on Jamie Lynn Horth. This is Jamie Horth's return to the flyweight division. She was a flyweight, had some success, moved up to 135, coming back down to 125. Veronica Hardy, 7-4 and four overall, 2-3 and three in her last five. She is coming off a very dominant win over a very bad Juliana Miller. She's taking on Jamie Lynn Horth, undefeated in her career, 6-0, and oh, coming off a win in her UFC debut. I picked the underdog here. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why, but I did... Jesus, I thought you were gasping... <laughs> That was I out of nowhere. That was, I did not see that coming, and I apologize. Do you have your? Is your ring light on? You're super dark too. Yeah, I'm on. Uh, I'm on the gram right now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 
There's a fly in front of me that I'm trying to get. Anyway, I picked Veronica Hardy to win this fight, but let me walk you through why and what's going on here. She is a technical striker. That has, that's how she started her career. Busy, fast, pretty technical, can land the shots she needs to land. She'll bounce around, and then she'll rush in, and then circle out and do all the things. Not really powerful, but busy, accurate, good technical striker. She's not been the most active fighter in the division, had big layoffs between fights and things like that. And then she worked her way back, fought Juliana Miller, and just four for four on takedowns. It was very clear her game has evolved. It was very clear that she's made some stuff happen. It was very clear that she's evolving, doing the things, went four for four on takedowns. And yes, Juliana Miller sucks. But watching Veronica Hardy add that to her game was great because going into that fight, it was Veronica's to be the better striker. Juliana's probably going to take her down or try to. And that is not what happened. Jamie Lynn Horth is a striker. She's big. She's strong. Solid accuracy. Solid power. She moves well. She'll mix up different kickboxing techniques while pressuring forward. She does have some decent fight IQ and she likes to follow a game plan well. Her takedown defense is good, but it's not great. We just watched her get taken down three times. I will caveat my own statement by saying she was taken down by Haley Cowan, who is tremendous and athletic. So I think Veronica Hardy's going to win this fight because she is a very good striker and she's got the takedowns. If Jamie Lynn Horth comes and she's just massive and powerful and can push Veronica around and defend the takedowns with muscle, that's going to be a problem. If she's going to land that big power, that's going to be a problem. But I think Veronica Hardy has enough skills to dance, to stick and move, to work around in circles, enough skill to work in a takedown or two if she gets in trouble. So I picked Veronica Hardy. I got her at plus 120. I did a little tiny little of a quarter of a unit bet on her at plus 120. That's gone up a little bit. You can get a little better money now. But I think Veronica Hardy can pull this out. I think Jamie Lynn Horth is a bit overrated. And somebody commented, she's always been at 125 pounds. That's not true. She has fought at other weight classes as well. Jakey boy, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I under, I understand the, I definitely understand the love for Veronica Hardy for you know a variety of different reasons. <laughs> but we have to remember that yes, she was like kind of a massive underdog in her last fight, right? Plus three hundred, plus four hundred, whatever it was, massive underdog. But that wasn't really the upset that people think it was, right? Because we learn now. And we should have known going into that, Juliana Miller really wasn't at that level to be a minus 400, whatever it was in that fight. So, yeah, she won that fight, and it was a little bit of a sloppy fight. She basically kind of outdogged the dog in that matchup. But I think a lot of people are saying, oh, my God, she won as a plus 300 dog. Now she's a dog again. I got to bet her because she just won as this big dog. That was a pretty even fight, and she won a fight that, honestly, when you look back on it now, she probably should have won because she was the better fighter in that matchup. She's a more technical striker, can do a little bit more in the grappling department as well. So when you come to this matchup, I want people to be a little bit more careful than, oh my gosh, she was a big dog, now she's still a dog, I got to bet her because Jamie Lee Horth is an actual fighter. She is much better than Juliana Miller in that matchup, and she's going to be huge in this match. I, I feel like people are going to bet uh, Veronica Hardy. Then we're going to have the face-offs on Friday, and she's going to be four or five inches <laughs> taller than Veronica Hardy in Three. this matchup. I know, it's, I know it's a, it says 5'4 and 5'7, but I promise you it's going to be five inches at least when they face off on Fridays, and people are going to be like, oh, no. And Jamie Lee Horth also... 
was at Lobo Gym. And you know how I feel about Lobo <laughs> Gym fighters and the success that they've been had. But honestly, that's been a good gym to be at. They've had that success. They've had that momentum. They've had the, all the confidence in the world. She can tighten up the striking a little bit as well. I think that Jamie Lynn Horth has a real opportunity to be one of the better values on this car. Veronica Hardy, to her credit, she is tough as shit. If this gets to the ground, she's a pretty good scrambler. But in the stand-up, She's a dog, she's tough, but she gets hit. And Jamie Lynn Horth throws some nasty kicks, has some nasty punches. She's durable as well. She showed in her last fight that when the tough, when things get tough, and the tough <laughs> you forgot to when, say. when the things get tough and the tough get going, that she didn't quit. We see some people fold. I, I like seeing that in her last matchup, that things got a little bit tough. She pushed through. She won that fight basically through her toughness. And when it comes to that, I think she can kind of bully Veronica a little bit in this matchup. So I'm a little bit higher than I think a lot of people uh, on Horth in this matchup. I haven't really bet her yet. I think it's pretty good value. I might parlay her with somebody. But, you know, Horth is going to be my pick. And, I, you know, I, I, I get it why people like Veronica. But that Juliana, I think people are giving her too much credit for beating a girl like uh, Juliana Miller. So I'm on Horth. No, listen, I'll be honest with you. I have a little bit of buyer's remorse on that bet. So I did this two weeks ago. I'm a week. I'm, I'm a full event oh, ahead. So if that go. event is next week, I'm a week ahead. If that event is two weeks away, a- Angela I'm works harder ahead. than everybody, guys. I mean, that's a straight-up fact. Name somebody. I would, say I would be in. Yeah, but did you that, said did it. That right sound, did that sound it, sarcastic? It, yeah, just a touch. Don't, hey, but guys, anyway. hey. <laughs> Angela works harder than everyone in the space, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's, but I mean, it's true. Game, so. Yeah, 100%. That There's people out there selling premium memberships that oh, take God. the week off. Here we go. Oh, How do you take a week off when you're selling a product? It's insane. You can count Not on us. us. The very second the event is over, boom, the next boom. event is on that site, ready to go. Anyway, I do have a little bit of a buyer's remorse on Veronica. Two weeks ago, I'm doing the research. I'm Actually, three weeks ago, I'm doing the research, breaking down the fight, and I'm just looking at it. I'm watching the table. I'm like, I think Veronica could win this. I, plus 120? All right, good-sized dog. That'll probably tighten. And it did tighten, and then it widened again. So I do have a little bit of buyer's remorse, but that's what happens with these week offs because people start rolling in their thoughts and their picks and their bets, and well, I start heard. hearing it, and then yeah, I just like I get I mean, nervous. My my picks influence you quite a bit, and we're gonna well, we're gonna, we're gonna touch base on guy, that. Josh, the web guy is squarely on the other side as well. He's like Jamie Lynn Horth. His his theory. With betting women, and you may not be wrong. I don't have the facts to back this up, but his theory is the bigger woman wins like 90% of the time. He's She's like, size matters man. so much more in women's MMA. The, I mean, the other, the other red flag, too, is uh, Veronica was on the uh, MMA hour with Ariel, and Ariel was talking about because he was talking to Dan Hardy, and obviously Dan Hardy's her husband at this point, I think. And yes. Dan Hardy's like, Veronica can be the champion of the world. Like he's, I mean, and for good reason, <laughs> right? If you're, if you, if, if I had a significant other that was fighting, I would be like all over him too as well, yeah. you know, but so Ariel brought that up and asked Veronica, it's like, Hey, it, you know, Dan said this, do you believe that? And she was like, I think that he's a little bit overconfident and you know, maybe that's, <laughs> being, maybe that's being humble. Right. But at the same yeah, time, yeah. it's like, yeah, you know, so. Yeah. But when people say that and it's not true, you're like, what a loser. So you're probably better off being humble because we've heard many other fighters be like, I'm going to be the best ever. It's like, man, we just watched you lose two fights ago. Anyway, we are split on this. I have a little bit of buyer's remorse, but I do have that bet on Veronica Hardy. She's a very good striker. She's fast. She's accurate. And she's got takedowns. Hopefully she doesn't a little small and getting pushed around here. $7,700 in DraftKings to $8,500 in DraftKings. 
Man, I do think this is a pick-your-side kind of fight because I think if Veronica wins, she will work in a few a few takedowns. She will work in a whole bunch of strikes and stay busy. And all of a sudden, that $7,700 looks good. If you're on the horse side and you think it's the big power and the big size and all of that, then she may be worth that $8,500. But she will need to get a knockdown and a finish or something to that effect. Yeah, I didn't like those... Uh... I know that she got those takedowns versus Juliana Miller, but Juliana Miller, that was like body locks and Juliana just kind of like falling backwards and just trying to get the fight to the ground. And those weren't like actual takedowns, you know? It's not like she was like... Juliana was like a four to one favor in that fight too. What an absolute clown shoe. Clown absolute shoe. Clown That's shoe. It's such a weird... I don't, I don't know why that. I started saying that, but I did. It's usually a clown anyway, show. If you want to become a premium member, you should and take it from Jason. I swear to God, I didn't pay Jason. Jason says premium membership has been exactly what I was looking for. You guys do the research and give me all the tools I need to make my bets. Watching the fights and making money is amazing. It is only $10 a month to join Jason and the almost 3,000 other premium members. Go to wewantpicks.com. Click become a member at the top. It's only 10 smackaroos. I'm the best. I know that's from, but a lot of people probably just think you're talking like a girl. Well, somebody in the chat said, do the Rose thing. So, oh, okay. I did her. Mm -hmm. Next up, at UFC Austin, we have Wellington Terman taking on Jared Gooden. Wellington Terman, 18-7 and seven overall. Two and three in his last five. He's coming off back-to-back. -back. Decision loss. He's taking on Jared Gooden, 22-9 and nine overall, 3-2 and two in his last five. He's coming off that short-notice loss to Carlton Harris, which, if you remember, was his big UFC return after getting cut. This is an interesting fight. The, the line is interesting as well because I do think Wellington Tournament should be a favorite. I think the opening odds were probably where this fight should have been. Minus 145. Now he's sitting at minus 187, almost minus 190. I get it. I get it. He should be the much better fighter everywhere, right? Wellington Turner, we know, is a solid grappler. He's very slick on the ground. He's always looking to sweep or submit. His striking is not powerful, but we have seen moments where it looked very good. It looked clean. It looked technical. Like when he fought Andre Petrovsky, striking looked amazing. He lost that fight because of the wrestling, but his striking looked amazing in that fight. And then next fight out, it's like, where is the striking? Randy Brown lit his ass up. That striking wasn't there anymore. What is the face you're making? I'm wrong. He beat up Randy Brown. I thought he won that fight. Okay. And then he's taking on Jared Gooden, who's a fast, athletic, explosive. He's got power. He's got takedowns. He's not great anywhere, but he's decent everywhere. He's well-rounded. He can be dangerous. But he's had a bit of a rough go in the UFC. He went one for three. He was cut. Then went four and one on the regional scene. Then short notice fight. And then he was taken down five times. Wellington Terman, almost two to one favorite on paper, just seems wide. He's a very inconsistent guy. And uh, you want to say, I think he won his last fight? Fine. Go ahead. Believe that. 96 to 78 total strikes. <clears throat> okay. Congrats. You want to think, not significant strikes, though, total strikes with just some nonsense jab he kept pumping. Well, 64 to 55 significant okay. strikes. Oh, okay. Big jab. Big gap. Anyway, point being. He's inconsistent. He's not the type of guy I can trust my money. I'm picking Wellington Tournament to win this fight. Oh. But he's he's not a guy that is like proven time and time again that you know what he's going to do. He'll look amazing. Then he won't. He'll shoot takedowns. Then he won't. Like, I can't necessarily trust him with my money. He feels like a parlay buster. 
you know, the odds aren't crazy at minus 187, and I may do something. But for now, I do think Wellington Tournament wins. Jared Gooden, while he is talented and, and is dangerous, has also shown us that he's not winning. So I think Wellington Tournament's a win. I think he's the pick, but he's a little inconsistent for me, and this is a card full of inconsistent people. So I guess you got to find your spots. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, Jared Gooden is a. Uh, I mean, there's a reason why he was not the UFC. He is not a UFC level guy. I mean, he, he can he can win fights because he does have power. But I mean, everyone is going to have power kind of at that that 170 you know division that kind of swings like him because I mean he just he will just stand in front of you with his hands at his knees and just try to throw these wild overhand rights. That's basically all he does. I mean, he just he, that literally is basically all he does. And the thing that makes me cautious about Wellington, because I'm all over Wellington, I do have money on Wellington, is the fact that he does have power, and Wellington can get chin. So there is a one plus one could equal two situation. But Wellington, since Alex Pajeda has been in that camp up there in Danbury, Connecticut, with Glover Teixeira in that gym, you can see that has really, really kind of shaved off onto Wellington. Wellington, when he strikes now, is basically like the little brother of Alex Pajeda. Obviously, he's not on that level because he hasn't been doing it for 15, 20 years, but he throws the same type of strikes. The kicks, those leg kicks that Alex Pajeda throws, Wellington throws those exact same ones, almost the exact same style. So you can see the striking has come a long way with Wellington. And I thought that he looked good against Randy Brown. I actually thought he won that fight. He won the third round. I thought he won the first round of that fight. I watched it back. I thought he looked pretty good against a long, rangy, powerful guy in Randy Brown. Jared Gooden's not long. He's not range. He doesn't use his range. He comes in with telegraph big overhand rights. If Wellington can avoid those big shots... He should be able to pick this dude apart. You saw him start to pick up the pace against Randy. Won that third round pretty convincingly. I think he can do the same thing here. Jared Gooden. I know that was that was super super short notice in his last uh, fight, but he looked you know pretty yeah. out of shape. I mean, he looked pretty sloppy. Like I said, hands low. Wellington should be able to get that jab going, as you mentioned, just boom, 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 land some shots. Maybe mix in a takedown or two if, if he gets in, in trouble or if he, he feels that Jared is is tired. Maybe capitalize on that opportunity. But Wellington's going to be the much better fighter in this matchup. The red flag is the chin, and I understand that. That's why I didn't play him, you know, directly. I have a parlay with him, but he should be better than Jared Gordon. He should win this fight. Or Jared Gooden, excuse me, but uh, he should win this fight. Jake yeah. is a poor loser. What's going on here? Not you. Some guy Some guy oh. in the chat named Jake said Connecticut's the armpit of America. So Jake's just a poor loser. Can't handle Connecticut. It's too nice. Too much money. I've been Classy. there, and I'll be honest with you, uh... It was beautiful. Oh, sorry, it wasn't the corn. Thank you so much. I was about to go in on Indiana, man. I was really about to go in on Indiana right there. It's be- I mean, it really was beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's an amazing state. Um, anyway, so we're both on the same side here. You, you like made all these ridiculous sounds, but you also agree he's a little risky. I don't think it's as risky as I mean. It, it, if you're not betting somebody because they could get knocked out, you shouldn't place ever a bet ever. It's not Anyone just knocked out. out. Jared Gooden's has a hundred percent takedown accuracy, and it's not just like he shot one takedown ever. He's got he's, takedowns. I, he's and not he's that fast dude anymore. He's, yeah, he's not that dude anymore. He's uh, listen. I do think Wellington Tournament wins, and what ends up happening is later in the week. I, this this happens every freaking week. I place my bets early, about a week ahead of time, two weeks ahead of time sometimes. Then as the week goes on, I start looking. I start to be like, I don't really have enough bets here. And then I put together a few more bets. I, I will probably end up with like a Wellington Terman and somebody else and oh. call it and call it the risky favorites parlay. Oh, That's probably it, what's going to happen. And call it their opponent suck parlay. Well, I already have got something like that going already. And I have that as well. 
the trash opponents part. <laughs> like, it's less about the fighter and more about their opponent. Yep, I didn't realize you had that. Oh, yep. well, congratulations. Oh, well, then you definitely, you definitely have something with Zach Reese. But we'll talk about that in a minute. If you want to come, pre- there's no. I mean, there's nothing more insecure than you. We trying will to, talk about that. Than you trying to, to cut me fight. off before I we, can even talk. I mean, that's the funniest part about this whole you thing. Off? Is you no? You're trying to like get ahead. You're just like a lawyer, right? Because the lawyers got to take Thank their time, so and the prosecutor comes out and gives their little speech, and they know the defense is coming up, so they try and cut them off with everything ahead of time and jump out ahead of them. And this what he's going to say, and this what, and you're going to hear this, and you're going to. You could just I was on say a jury before. Angelo's smarter than me. You could. I was just on a jury that. before. I know how it works. <laughs> Congrats on that. $9,000 in DraftKings. You trust Welly that much? I think he might be able to get a finish, honestly. I think he actually might, yeah. And it, no, yeah, uh, this would be one of those might. sneaky plays. I mean, I don't know. If, you, if you're doing like a single entry and stuff, I don't think it's probably worth it because, like, you know, like I said, one plus one could equal two with a knockout. But um, he could be a sneaky, like, optimal lineup play. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, because Jared Gooden can get finished in Wellington tournament. Can finish typically by submission, not strikes. But if you want to become a premium member, unlock that. I'll get there. If you want to become a premium member, unlock the parlay Jacob talked about. Unlock all of our other bets. Go to wewantpicks.com. Click become a member. It's only $10 a month and you'll get everything anybody has ever needed to have some fun and have some success watching fights. We got a $50 super chat from Robert Pritchett. Robert says... Giving you two tickets to UFC 296 Vegas. Can you take them? Look at your gram. Who's that? Holy shit. I don't know. It's not on mine, I don't think. I got a lot of messages here, so let me go through them. It ain't on mine. It's got to be yours because it's not on the We Want Picks Instagram. I answer all those messages. I got a lot of... uh, Well, anyway, Robert, thank you very, very much for the $50 Super Chat. Jacob, I can't go to UFC 296. I've got children. And uh, we actually have an event that day. When is and, that? Oh, that's just in a few weeks. Yeah, I don't think I can go to that anyway. And I'm probably going duck hunting that morning. Oh, wow. Duck hunting. Priorities. I've never done it before. I've never done it before. But my buddy and I are probably going to head out. I thought you've been duck hunting. Dove hunting. Never duck hunting. I thought you went with, uh, with Jay. No. He's got all that land. I've never done it. What a joke. Thank you very much, Robert. This is genuinely appreciated. If this is a real I don't offer. See a, I don't see a message, so. Yeah. If it's a real offer. Either way. Know. Yeah. Appreciate that. Either way, bucks, the super man. chat is appreciated. And thinking about us is appreciated as well. See all requests. No, there's nothing here. But we appreciate you, Robert, very, very much. And. <laughs> here we go. This is a funny comment. Well, we have another $10, so. Oh. Was it before the 50? It was right after. Oh, I don't have the alert on my side. Hold on. Oh, it didn't make the fancy picture. From Ty Nugent, video game controller evolves into a muscled version of itself under the... Oh, is this an image? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Ty. Do you know how to say that last name? Oh, no, you dated that chick, so you know how to say that. Jacob had dated a girl once. Go ahead, how do you say it? Yeah, it's not Naguyan. It's just win. I don't say Naguyan. I say no, it's just win. Yeah, it's just win. Ty win. Well, thank you very much. Ty win. UFC Taiwan was almost next week. No, that was Shanghai. Shanghai. Now they're all in Vegas. That's now only a 10-fight card. So far. They'll, they'll, they'll slap some no. trash together. To... No, they just post it. 
I think it's done. UFC did? No. Well, it's a late yeah, the website. That was from, uh, what's his name? Big Marcel. Big Marcel, baby. Next up, at UFC Austin, we have Rodolfo Bellato taking on Ihor Poteria. Rodolfo Bellato, 11-2 overall. 4-1 in his last five. He's coming off a win on the Contender Series about a month ago. He's taking on Ihor Poteria, 20-4 overall. 3-2 in his last five. He's coming off that TKO to Carlos Uberg. This is an interesting matchup with odds that are a bit wide. Ihor Pateria is a good striker. He's got a loose style. He's got solid power, good accuracy, but he can be hittable because he keeps his hands really low and then he relies on his chin and he ends up in a slug fight. He tries to make you pay in your way in. If you're shooting takedowns, Excuse me. he's going to hit you. What? A slug fight? Did I call it a slug fight? Like a couple of slugs just squeezing all over the I place? I think you did that last time too. A slug fest. There's no way I said slug fight. Why would I say slug? $100,000. I definitely said slugfest. He'll end up in a slugfest. He'll defend some takedowns. His takedown defense is not great, but what he does do well is he'll hurt you on the way in. He'll uppercut you. He'll <laughs> knee you. He'll make you Someone pay said, for that. get the salt. Remember we had that whole conversation. Yeah, I remember that conversation, but I didn't say slugfight. Anyway, he'll hurt you on the way in to get you questioning, should I be shooting another takedown or not? He's got four fights in the UFC. All of them... Including the knockout wins, he was basically losing the striking exchanges and then was able to pull it off. Essentially, if his chin holds up, he's going to have a ton of success. And if it doesn't, well, he's going to get knocked out. He's taking on <laughs> Rodolfo Bellato. Oh, my dude. I just, I'm sorry, what? but I read a comment and I was about to say the comment. I looked up at your screen and I think Tiffany walked past the door and it scared the absolute bejesus out of me. It scared me to death. Is she, she peeking through is. now? I just see her like peek in. No, that's the dog. No, she's at the door. Jesus, that's. I was like, holy. Yeah, and the little holy dog, guacamole. the new dog, is just following her around. It is, anyway. ma'am. <laughs> yeah, that's the dog you see creeping. Anyway, I mean the house is all very Christmassy. It's all lit up. Anyway, he's taking on Rodolfo Bellato. Rodolfo Bellato is a heavy-handed grappler, so he's gonna bomb. He's gonna shoot takedowns. It's that simple. He will also stick around for a slug fest, but he's a grappler. Ultimately, he wants these fights on the ground. His takedowns could use a little bit of work, but once he does get it to the ground, he's got good control. He will chase submissions. He has two losses in his career. Both of them were to Vitor Petrino. The reason I mentioned that these odds are wide, Rodolfo should win. He has enough power to knock out Ihor. We've seen you know that happen. He's got the grappling to take Ihor down. We've seen that happen as well. Bellato... Has been out cold. We've seen him out cold. So that's always a concern. That's a possibility. If we've never seen him knocked out cold, then it's like, okay, if they start swinging wild, I can trust Bilotto's chin. You can't trust either one of these guys' chins. And they will both just stand there and bang. Bilotto's probably going to shoot a takedown. He's probably going to win this fight. He probably hits a little harder. Bilotto's going to be the pick. But minus 475 is absurd for a guy that we have seen absolutely unconscious. Bilotto's the pick. I'm doing absolutely nothing with that information. What do you think, Jakey Boy? I'm actually surprised you went that way because I see pick, it. Picked him? 
No, I, I'm surprised that I thought you would have been a an, an I whore. Fucking <laughs> e whore, e whore. I don't know how to say that. I mean, e whore. I thought you were gonna be an e whore hater because typically these guys that come to UFC and they just start folding, get knocked out. You're like, this guy is trash. This guy is whatever. And um, this one, I, I, I never call fighters trash. That's a you thing. I don't know if I would ever disrespect anyone like that because these <laughs> yeah, are all I bet. these are all professionals and they're all just working hard and trying to provide for their families. So uh, I respect everything that they do. And in this matchup, I think that Ehor not only has a good shot, Angelo. I'm gonna say right now, I think this is a 50-50 fight, and I think that he wins this fight. I understand that he is a uh, that he <laughs> okay. is a chinny guy, as you mentioned. Bellato is the same way. Bellato in his contender series fight. Bellato's not as chinny though. I uh oh I'm sorry because you you had your turn and then I thought it was you've interrupted me no less than three times we're only on the third fight but go you ahead. think it's been three times huh let's start it's counting who that. interrupts who the most and we'll I do would it love that and we're gonna start counting specifically in the Cody Brundage fight and we'll see who interrupts <laughs> who the most <laughs> but listen I long story short here. I think that these guys are going to brawl. Ehor is a guy that gets in, and he gets in brawls, right? He wants to get in your face. He wants to hit you hard. He wants to put people out in these fights. And I think this is a 50-50 fight when they start brawling. And the reason I give the edge to Ehor is I think he's faster. When I watch both these guys strike, I know that the Bellato came in his contender series fight. He fought kind of a wrestler that was coming off ACL surgery that wasn't really kind of there. That basically said before the fight, I probably shouldn't be fighting, but it's an opportunity, so I'm going to take the fight. I ended up losing a bunch of money. I was live for that fight, and I had no idea. Everyone told me to bet this dude, and then the fight starts, and they're like, oh, by the way, he just had ACL surgery seven months ago. And I was like, hey, chat. Why didn't you tell me what's going on with that? And there was like three people like, well, we tried to tell you, we tried to tell you. So maybe I'm a little bit biased against Bellato because he cost me a little bit of money, but I think this is a very close fight. Minus 400, as you said, for Bellato seems absolutely insane to me. I haven't seen anything in the film that says, oh my God, this guy is the next guy. He's durable ish right he ish, comes in he's yeah. a good striker <laughs> he can stand in front he can put pressure but i don't see crazy speed i don't see crazy crazy power i don't see you know i like his story he's come up he, he kind of wanted to avenge those losses from vitor he got his ufc contract we've seen what vitor is doing to people but i think i, I think ehor is going to make this a, a a nasty fight early i think it's over quick and i think ehor's got the speed advantage so i'm gonna edge him in that way i'm not this isn't like a lock of the week situation this isn't like i'm a, I'm, a, I'm so confident ehor I just think for the value, as Angel mentioned, minus 400 to plus whatever it is, plus 300 or whatever for Ehor. Yeah, I'll take a I'll take a little bit of a flyer there. I think for the live stream, we're going to be on the Ehor side. And I will be live for uh, Saturday for this card, too. So I think we're going to play the Ehor side on that one. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think uh, I think Pilato wins this fight because I think he's the more well-rounded, more dynamic fighter. But 4-1 to one is wild, and plus 375 on Ehor's Crazy. I don't know what Ehor inside the distance is, but let me sure it for you. Better, sure, it's better than three seventy five, which is also already crazy. Also, four hundred. Do you know what inside the distance is for Bellato? What minus two fifty? It's lower than the money line. That's so funny. Anyway, um. Bellato looks like Angelo's future son. I, that's like a compliment. I, this, is a, this is a handsome dude. <laughs> Angelo can't have sons. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's I told no you man in those balls. You were there for the, weren't you there for the gender reveal? Oh, I was there. I yeah, was up in there. Connecticut, beautiful Connecticut. Thank you so much. We did the gender reveal for my youngest. 
And it came out pink, and I was like, oh. And then my aunt just walks <laughs> up to me, whispers in my ear, takes a man to make a man, and then just, like, kept walking. Like, I feel if, if she ever sees that video, that's going to ruin her. Your youngest, because <laughs> your your face. I think I had. I don't have. I don't think I have any more. But I think I recorded that to like send to my mom and stuff because they were all excited about it too. And uh, I, I think you literally were like, was it, I think it was poppers, right? I think it was. Like yeah, poppers. yeah, yeah. I think it was like poop, and you went. Like this. <laughs> it was, and it was like, oh, uh, the optics here are not great. <laughs> well, and that was like, you know, I'm like coaching wrestling. I'm there five nights a week, like girl doing dad. all the things. Yeah, yeah, it's like. <laughs> That's like yeah, the cool I, new thing, though, is girl. Everyone's all about. Well, now I couldn't. Have, I couldn't imagine. Oh, they're great kids. Yeah, I couldn't imagine having a boy. And honestly, the little one's boyish. But I couldn't. I know imagine. if I ever have. I know if I ever have kids, it's gonna be a fuck. I know that it's gonna be a fucking boy, and that dude's gonna be badass. That dude's gonna be a <laughs> dude, motherfucker. It's gonna dude. be the daintiest. That's gonna be. No, that dude's gonna be the badass like, motherfucker, man. Yeah. Okay. Just oh my scrawny. god! Holy shit! Is the that guy jeans, gonna take over? Doesn't even the have good jeans world? to work from. At least my kids have two. By the way, very tall people jeans. I'll let you get the donations while I find this because it's a very important. Why? Well, let me wrap this up and then right. I'll do the donations. Ninety-six hundred dollars for Bellotto. Uh, he could get there. We've discussed Ehor's uh, chin at nauseum. Rodolfo also has the takedowns. Rodolfo could absolutely get to this ninety-six hundred dollars worth of value in DraftKings, but I'm not taking that chance. Sixty-six hundred for Ehor. For sure, if you're doing large field tournament entries, for sure, shoot your shot at some Ehor. Absolutely. He could 100% win this fight. He could put up some real numbers. Not safe enough for cash, but he's definitely a uh, somewhat reasonable underdog for a large field tournament. If you want to unlock the DraftKings optimizer as well as the rankings and the write-ups that we do for DraftKings Fantasy that will help guide you and literally build lineups for you, just go to wewantpicks.com, click become a member. It's only $10 a month. You'll unlock everything from the bets to the fantasy all the content in between. There is literally no other service on this planet anywhere near that value. That is a straight-up fact. We want picks.com. Click become a member. I mean, the donations are like fucking... What? Everyone... It feels like it's like after Christmas and everyone got a bunch of gift cards and shit and they're just like <laughs> yeah. sharing the wealth. It's like it's Thanksgiving. People get stockings and stuff for Thanksgiving. We pre I mean, the donations have been crazy. Well, Ty Wynn, I'm going to censor this, said, sorry, guys, I made a mistake. Thank you, Jacob, for pronouncing my name correctly. You make me more proud to move to Indiana to get away from where I am now. Best decision ever. First of all, Nap I'm going to look up. up. We're at in, uh, in Indiana, Ty. He's not. Dude, what are the odds he's moving from Connecticut to Indiana? That can't. None of this is true. It can't be true. What do you I mean, that's. I think that's the most moved-in state in the country right now. <laughs> yeah, I, think, yeah. I think everyone is moving to Indiana. I, why? Because there's you? nothing but vacant wasteland. You understand that where I grew up, where I lived on a lake, it's like hilly. Oh, people literally come from all over oh. the country just to look at the leaves changing in Nashville, Indiana. Look up Nashville, Indiana. Dude, everybody knows Vermont and New Hampshire have the best leaf changes. Get no, it's Nashville, Indiana this leaves changing. fake nonsense, dude. Get look at these fuck. look at these pictures. Hold on. I know what it looks like. I'm from Connecticut. I know But you what think you think Indiana, you like. think Indiana is like this like all just cornfields and Indiana flat for and work, stuff. And you it know, sucks. You know that um, It doesn't I mean, get light like, out till like 10 a.m. I mean the hill that's where I live in the, the hills of Brown County, Indiana. 
And you know mm. what happened? I'll give you here's a little fun little science fact Sounds here. Classy. So the the top half of Indiana is like pretty. I mean, it is pretty flat. Like I mean, there's there's nothing there all the way to like an hour south of Indianapolis. Do you know why? Once it gets about an hour south of Indianapolis, why all of a sudden it's like super hilly and stuff? And it gets pretty hilly. Mm, meth labs. Maybe, but um, no, it's from the glaciers. When the glaciers back in the day came, they stopped right there. So glaciers like flatten, flatten land when they come through, and uh, the glaciers stopped right, right there. You can look it up. It's a fun fact. That's incredible. Did you know that pugs were originally we're done. born and bred to uh, with short snouts so they could hunt and take down lions? You Two dollars super chat. It's worth a Google. From Patrick Watson, he says, "Are you guys going to Austin? He's got a couple of beers for us. I cannot go to Austin. This is where having a family is a little tricky." Uh, Tiffany will be out of town. I will be in town. She's watching uh, my two young kids living that life, she's right? She's been uh, going out of town quite a bit. It's a, it's a little, it's questionable. Actually, she hasn't been out of town. Wait, didn't she go out of town? Uh, she was uh, out of town a couple weeks ago for the last car. And so it seems like oh, yeah. every Saturday night, every, every other Saturday <laughs> night, there's a little bit of a pattern showing up here. Every other Saturday night, she's uh, skipping out. We also had nine ninety nine from the dear to get yeah. this one. Angel nope. Tavares. Hola, Jacob. Mi hermano Latino. That's my Latino brother, man. I know. Angel's the one who calls into the show, right? I think so. I think I recognize that beard. We, we appreciate that. you. That's his first Angel. Two one ninety nine. Dude, it does. They are pouring in from Patrick oh, Wilson. Crazy. Oh my god! Not gift one. cards. We just appreciate you, fellas. Well, thank you, Patrick. We appreciate you. And the rest of the community, which is why we're doing a $1,000 giveaway. So rewind if you don't know what that giveaway is about and follow the rules. <laughs> we're never going to get to the breakdowns or just the donations. Just keep coming in. $5 from <laughs> Ty Wynn. Got better job opportunities in Indianapolis, Indiana. Thanks to all the conventions. Well, because it's just vacant land. Well, I make great tips like, as a server and make even more money betting. Well, thank you very much, Ty. We appreciate it. Good luck. Like the, it's called, do you know what the motto for Indianapolis is? <laughs> Sorry you're here. We know okay. you're just connecting flights. Wish the food was better. Well, it's called the Crossroads of America. <laughs> it's called the Crossroads of America, and for good reason. It's a great location. There are a lot of conventions there because it's like kind of right smack in the middle of everything. It's close to a. It's got a nice, uh, brand new air. Not brand new now, but okay. Right, I, nice I, airport. Nobody it's gives got, a shit. What is this? The travel committee? Downtown is the downtown dump? is the most walkable city you've ever seen in your life. No, back in the cares. day, there wasn't a single homeless person. Now it's a little bit fugacious, but <laughs> you can walk anywhere. That you can go even in winter. They have the underground tunnels to get okay, to, I, we gotta, we gotta move on. to get nobody the cares center. about indiana nobody ten dollar super chat from robert robert pritchett says jacob mrs pitch 1022 what about ufc 300 <laughs> in Vegas? oh is that a, another oh, graphic is that do what no 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 i think that was the their instagram name i think i did see that oh um i'll look UFC into it UFC 300 is probably not going to be in Vegas, but I'm definitely MSG, right? Uh, I'm hoping it's at Cowboy Stadium, and we will go if it is. I don't think. Uh, I, I think if they can do Conor McGregor at Cowboy Stadium, I think Dana loves MSG for big events. Well, because it's the most famous arena. It's the mecca. Yeah, it's literally the most famous arena. Anyway, two dollars super chat from the next Lennon. Two things: Christmas starts November first. Second, Jake, you to go. 
I'll agree with both those things. Christmas, Christmas does start November 1st. It goes I Halloween, boom, my, uh, Christmas. You know, here you go. So I couldn't right. go to Thanksgiving because I was busy. I was so busy, I haven't even put up my Christmas lights. Usually on my balcony, I put up my Christmas lights. I haven't even put them out. I don't think I'm going to do it this year. I think I'm going to boycott. <laughs> you show them. Next up at UFC Austin, we have Steve Garcia taking on Melk. Costa, Steve Garcia, 14-5 and five overall, 3-2 and two in his last five. He is coming off back-to-back back knockout wins. He's taking on Melk Costa, 20-6 and six overall, 3-2 and two in his last five. It's Melk. He calls himself Milk. I thought it was Milky. No, it's Milk. Like Milk Boys, but Milk. Ooh, Angela with the Milk Boy reference. I understand pop culture because I'm young and cool with thick hair and skinny body. Melk Costa's... Three and two in his last five. He's coming off his first UFC win where he actually looked incredible. He looked spectacular in that UFC win. He's a well-rounded guy. He's got creative striking, solid grappling. Takedowns can be forced, but he's strong enough and good enough that if he gets into the cage, he will work you to the ground. He doesn't need takedowns in most of his matchups. His striking is very good. He will hit a flow. Oh my He'll God. cut you up. You'll make things happen. What? We, for, we forgot about the whole point was I was going to give away this, st this stat. Do I want to do it after this breakdown? It's very important. Yes. It's, it's very yeah, important. Dummy. Jesus. All right. Well, I just. That's I one interruption again. for Jacob. That's one interruption for Jacob. Melkos's great striking. Very fluid. But then he'll just start grappling even when he doesn't need to. That's sort of his thing. I don't know why he does that. But he looked incredible in his last fight. It was a win over Austin Lingo where he was baiting Austin. He would get Austin to follow him, then he would plant, and then he would throw back. He's taking on Steve Garcia. Steve Garcia has all the grit, the dog, the demeanor. Like, this guy will continue to come forward and continue to fight no matter what. In his last fight, he's coming off a win over Shailon Nurnabeek. He was dropped early. And then he put himself together, got up, came forward, made something happen. He broke down... Uh, that little jujitsu nerd, Chase Hooper as well. And it's just grit. He's a solid grappler. He's got good takedowns, a decent striker with good boxing. I, I'm going to say he's got power. It's not wild power, but he's just so How about that interruption? Forward. One for me, one for the dog. He's just so cute, though. He's so cute. He, uh, Can you admit he was cute? You that was the, the that first time. The first time dog. I saw him was uh, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, and uh, the second I was outside, and he he just kind of jumps up next to you and tries to get on your lap, and he's so soft, and he's a uh, he's a cute fucking he's dog. Kind of a piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, he's well trained now, and he is. He's just so cute. He's is so he well trained annoying. now? You figured it out? What do you mean you figured it out? Well, he, he sent his he, ass to school. I know, that's what I'm saying. They oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. yeah, it, it, it was quite an issue for a while, so I was just... Not while you were uh, here. He was well-trained while you were here, though. He didn't piss in the house or anything. Doesn't jump up for food. He was humping me pretty well. <laughs> no, yeah, that's because you smell like a lady. <laughs> that anyway. was the, uh, the nutter butters in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, you lathered up on your way in. Anyway, Steve Garcia... A pretty well-rounded guy. Not spectacular anywhere, but he is all heart, all dog. He's that x-ray emoji with the dog inside. That's who Steve Garcia is. I think Steve Garcia is one of the better underdogs on this card. I think he could absolutely win this fight. I don't think he wins this fight, though. And it's literally because he's too aggressive. We just watched Melk Costa use somebody's aggression against them. He baited Austin Lingo. He planted he through. He baited him. He planted he through. 
If he does that exact same thing to Steve Garcia, he's going to have the exact same outcome. He's going to piece Steve, piece him up, win this fight. Steve Garcia is a phenomenal underdog, especially at these odds. But I do think Mel Costa is going to be better everywhere for the most part. And he's going to be more technically sound. He's going to use Steve's aggression against him. I'm not betting on Mel Costa. I do... I have a ton of respect for Steve and that dog. Look what Mike Breeden just did. Mike Breeden sucks. Steve doesn't suck. And he's got all that same dog in him. So Melk's the pick. Steve's a phenomenal underdog on this card. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, I, I definitely don't disagree with you. And I'll be honest with you. I, I was There was a part of me that really wanted to pick Steve Garcia as my lock of the week. And really the only reason I did it is because of those chin issues. I've said for weeks now that we are picking against kind of baby chins. And Steve Garcia doesn't really have a baby chin. <laughs> That dude gets dropped, and he gets dropped constantly. <laughs> and the last time he got dropped against Shylon was, like, one of the worst ones. I mean, you see, he, he gets dropped and he responds. He gets dropped and he responds. But that one was like, it looked for a second like, oh, he's not going to get up from this one. And every time you get knocked down, it's just going to keep getting worse and worse. So, yeah, he is going to be live because he's going to have power in this matchup. But when you look at it fighter to fighter, Costa is the better fighter. The issue is, again, with Costa is he's this young kid shoot a box guy you see that he has fun in there he enjoys fighting and when you enjoy fighting and you're having fun in there steve garcia is kind of one of those guys that can kind of bait you into one of those fights he kind of baits you into one of those just brawling style fights and when you zig when you're supposed to zag against a guy like steve garcia you can easily get put out now costa has shown that he's got a pretty good chin i think he got dropped a little bit versus tiago but responded pretty pretty well he got hit a few times versus austin lingo and really didn't affect him at all so i think his chin is going to hold up better than steve garcia so i am going to pick costa in this matchup but you know if he, gets, if he starts brawling with this guy, this, again, turns into a 50-50 fight, and Steve Garcia is going to be very, very live. But Costa is the better fighter. He came in, short debut, you know, noticed against a very tough Tiago Moises, had some success even in the grappling. I think the go-to here is probably try to mix in the grappling, kind of slow down Steve, especially early, take some, take some pop out of his shots. But, you know, if he gets in here and he just kind of stays in a phone booth versus Steve, flip a coin, we have no idea what the hell is going to happen. But he should... You know, it's tough with these shooter box guys, Angelo, because these guys love the fight. They absolutely love the fight, but he should, as you mentioned, kind of pick his spots, you know, kind of pick him apart. He's the better fighter, mixing some grappling, and uh, he's going to be my pick. But Steve Garcia, Steve Garcia is a fun dude, man. He is everything. When you talk about wanting to watch fighters fight, I mean, he is everything. Yeah, he's a man. That, I mean, he is a fighter. He's like one of those when they say your fighter's favorite fighter. I don't know if he's on that level, but I mean, if pe more people knew about him, that dude's a lot of fun to watch, and this is going to be a fun fight. He's going to bring it, and we'll see if his chin holds up. Maybe he can get this finished, but uh, I don't I don't blame people for playing the Steve side. I know that, but I'm going to I'm gonna play the Costa side, and uh, I haven't put anything on him, but he's my pick. Yeah, no, and you mentioned the shooter box. Mel Costa, all the shooter box guys are very well-trained, they're very dangerous, but a lot of them break. Like, a lot of them can break in fights. Who? They can be smothered. I'm not, not going to think of names right now, but they can be smothered. Mm. They can be, they, they'll slow down after the first round. Like, a lot of those guys are. I think, are I think they're known for just bust. not being quitters. None of them quit. Okay, tell that to. Uh... Yeah, see, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to try to yeah. think of names. I don't even mm. remember the kids' names. Who's that insanely good guy that's like 0 for 5? Oh, yeah. There's not one. Willy Cat, is it? It's not Willy Cat. It's um. No. Yeah, but he's not a quitter. He just 
gets he got they he break. I said break. I said they break. Like I don't you know physically they just break. Not all of them, obviously, but more so than any other gym. I feel like they're way more dangerous than most gyms. Yeah, but if you can, if you can, yeah, if you can survive the early storm, you can have success about some of these shooter box guys. And I think that's where Steve Garcia could have success. Like you said, he gets dropped. He's not the better fighter in this matchup, but this dude is a real man. He's all heart. Seventy-three hundred dollars. Yeah, if he, I'm telling. You, if he if he did not have those issues of getting dropped. And I know that responds well. He wasn't. I was like excited about it, and then I started remembering. Oh yeah, he's. Yeah, I can't yeah. do it. You know, not for a lot. I am going to throw him in my DraftKings lineup. Seventy three hundred dollars. I think he can survive. Melk is dangerous, but you know, I think that danger fades somewhat early. So I think Steve Garcia at seventy three hundred dollars in DraftKings is not a terrible play. Because that leaves you a lot of room in your budget. And you at least know that Steve's going to go out there on his shield and try to make this a fight. You going to spend the money on Melk? He, uh, he outdogged Chepe. Who? Steve Garcia. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pre-UFC. Right. Um, yeah. What did you say? What was your question? DraftKings. Are you going to spend the 8900 or the 7300 I think uh, it's probably better spots, honestly. Who was just nine thousand that we were like that could be better? That could be decent. Wellington Terman. I think I trust that a little bit more than Costa Baby. Jesus, I don't know. Dude, so sober Ange is that I'm. I'm like there. You're, I, it's uh. This is incredible. It's intimidating. This is what it's like for other like, just uh, the fact that I'm smarter than you, drunk, and now I'm like clear, clear heart, clear mind. When are you Wait, ever how does that smarter? Go? How's that going? Friday Night Lights. Clear eyes, the show clear heart. or the movie? I don't watch the show, the but show. the movie was good. The show was great. Clear minds. Somebody in the chat will know. It's a great saying. If you want to win, put booby in. Yeah, that wasn't in the show. If you want to be a premium member, just give us ten dollars. You want picks? UFC Austin, baby. Yay! Yosemite Sam. <laughs> we want picks.com. Click become a member at the top. It's only ten dollars a month and you'll unlock everything you could have ever needed heading into fight week if you think of something oh you know i could use some bets boom got it oh, i wish i could see the raw notes so i can make my own boom got it oh, i wish they had tools and information boom got it i wish they had a DraftKings optimizer boom got it i wish they gave me FanDuel content boom got it i wish i got price picks boom got it i wish i got underdog boom got it i wish jacob had a uh, an only fans only fans i wish there were five analysts boom got it we on picks.com click onlyfans.com slash the freckled salamander I got live pictures on there. We got we. I posted a video last night, Angelo. I don't know if you. I don't know if you know. I'm live on there now. Ten dollars a month. I'd love to see it. Um, <laughs> you want the free preview? I'll show it right 20, now. Twenty dollars super chat again. Hey Jacob, one day we got to meet win. in Naptown, Indiana. Food and drink at Brothers Bar and Grill will be on me when I become super rich. <laughs> this dude is just googling. This dude loves just Indianapolis, googling man. I love. There's, there's no way. He's well, just googling Brothers Bar. I was gonna say he's just googling. He just. I'm gonna Google bars in Indiana. I'm gonna see what the first bars in Indiana. It's probably come back as a as a. Brothers Bar and Grill. There it is, Brothers Bar. Yeah. It's, <laughs> on Meridian Street. Kilroy's Bar was number yeah, Kil one. Yeah, I was going to say, I couldn't think of Kilroy's, but Kilroy's for, for sure going to be number one. Kilroy's is awesome. Dude, they have stuff. Go. I, when you're right, no. talked about Indiana No, right now. No, you're going to love this. It's food, Angelo. Click on <laughs> click on Kilroy's and look at their stuffed pepperoni breadsticks and tell me you wouldn't nut all over those sitting in a booth. <laughs> you just, That's those in are, Bloomington, Indiana. 
Well, there's a Cures in Bloomington, but there's uh, one in Indy downtown. Yeah. I don't if it's still open. It should be still open. They had the most prime spot ever, but they had stuffed. They have stuffed pepperoni breadsticks that are literally you'll, it'll change your life. You would literally <laughs> consider moving to Indianapolis just for these breadsticks. They're so good. They're absolutely incredible. Oh, you texting me all that Mark Cuban stuff? Mm -hmm. I just got a text from my buddy in a group chat saying Mark Cuban presidential run question mark. That might be why he's selling everything and leaving the show. It's a good it's a point. Late for that, isn't it? When you're that famous, I don't think it is. There's got to be some sort of reason. But yeah, he's leaving. Or, or he's dying. Or, like yeah. Or something. Nah, yeah. I'm just. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, I got the stat too, and we also have a dollar ninety nine oh, yeah. from yeah, 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 uh, Trenton Papowski. Just giving back from last week, Kelvin Gaslam, KO. <laughs> you know it, baby. So anyway, we appreciate that, Dollar Ninety Nine. Thank you very much, Trenton. Uh, so we learned in my first of all, my ancestry, my twenty three and me. We learned that I'm, I'm. We already learned that I'm not a ginger, right? I mean, there was a according to my <laughs> DNA. Excuse me. Uh, there's an interruption. Four to four to two. That uh, wasn't. I didn't say any oh, words. No, no, what? Four to three. No, but no. Uh, according you, to no. oh oh four to four. Um, according to my DNA, there is a ninety five percent chance that I'm not a ginger already. Okay, already, according to my DNA. Now we have recently learned, and I found I just stumbled upon this fact. Clear eyes, full hearts. That what it is. Yeah, clear if eyes. You look full at my hearts, eyes. Can't lose. If you look at my eyes right now, you can't really see them. But if you look at the gram and uh, a lot of pictures, I got these baby blue eyes that are just absolutely beautiful. I mean, sky blue eyes. I get complimented all the time. My teeth and my eyes. Here we go. <clears throat> I say that because they're. You, you agree? I have blue eyes, right? You agree? Blue eyes. I assume the teeth I know are fake. I don't think those are contacts on the eyes. So they're okay. <clears throat> and no interruptions, please. Having red hair and blue eyes is the rarest hair <laughs> eye color. Con Another interruption. Hair. But you've spent eye, so long. Me. Having. I'm going to restart every time you interrupt. Having red hair and blue eyes is the rarest hair eye. That's a hard combination to say, hair eye. <laughs> <laughs> Color combination possible. The odds of a person having both those recessive traits. Remember, I have blue eyes. So the, the odds, and I remember, it's already 95% chance I don't have red hair. But now, the odds of a person having both those recessive traits, blue eyes and red hair, you can see my hair, not red, is around 0.17%. 0.17%. Chance that somebody has blue eyes with red hair. Instead, most redheads have brown, hazel, or green eyes, according to Medical Daily, which is a great publication. I don't know what point you're trying to make. What point are you making? I'm not a ginger, Angelo. That's the whole thing. Every you always call me a ginger. Chats I thought you were bragging ginger. that you were a rare breed with the red and the blue. No, I have blue eyes, so it's near. It's basically medically but impossible for me it, to have it, red it's hair. It's clearly red, though. It's medically impossible for me to have red hair with blue eyes. It was and medically my DNA impossible says it's for you to be as short as you are, and that still happened. Well, I got the surgery scheduled. It was medically impossible for that cancer to work its way out of your face, but that happened. So you seem to be defying all the rules. God willing. Angelo, for some reason, you always go back to uh, my cancer. I'm just so grateful that you're still with the us. The universe is going to have to repay that and it's not going to be good for you because if you <laughs> if you get cancer i don't know what's going to happen then we're going to have to make some very tough decisions around the channel yeah, was, and your family it was funny because tiffany was like bedridden sick the last two days and she, she like tries to eat right works out she doesn't really drink 
I'm a fat alcoholic and I never get sick. You Makes were no sick sense. two weeks ago. What were you talking about? You okay? All right, there we go. You literally were you weren't sick two weeks ago. Go ahead before I pull the text up. Pull it up. If I said I feel like shit, that's not bedridden sick. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh I'll my wait. God, while these you are all, oh my god, they changed all the when you search a text thing. It's like mm, different now. Yeah, it's too easy now. You do that quietly while I break. Oh, down. here you go. Okay. Yeah. Very easy. What does it say? It says from Angelo. I've been kind of sick for a few days, so I haven't drank. Now I'm wondering if I'm sick because I haven't drank. Kind of sick. I said bedridden. Now sick. I'm wondering if I'm sick because I haven't drank. Kind of sick. You said I'm kind of sick. So there you go. You just said that you're sick. What are we doing? Semantics. What are we doing? You say I never get sick. Yet here's a text from 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 uh, November eighth. Uh, uh, uh. Next up at UFC Austin, we have Drakkar Close taking on Joe. Selecki, what a handsome man that picture. Drakkar close, 13 and 2 overall, 4 and 1 in his last five, coming off the decision win over Hafa Garcia. He's taking on Joe Selecki, 13 and 3 overall, 4 and 1 in his last five. He's coming off that submission win over Carl Dayton III. I can't not say his name like that. Drakkar close, very inconsistent, as far er, inactive, but very good. He's a great wrestler, or a very very good wrestler. It depends what level we're talking about. He was a high school state champion wrestler. He used that wrestling offense in his fights. But he does have some issues defending takedowns. He can be taken down. But he has solid boxing, good power. And a few years ago, if you remember, he was working his way up the ladder, had the good wrestling, had the good striking, was becoming somebody, was supposed to fight Jeremy Stevens, probably a changing of the guard type fight. Jeremy shoved him at the weigh-ins and tweaked his neck. And he was out for a year because of that and a few other things going on. And he says in interviews to this day, he'll talk about it. Yeah, I've got some permanent injuries from that. He's taking on Joe Selecki, another young prospect. Good grappler. He leans heavily on his wrestling, good takedowns. He's a slick, slick guy in the ground. And he really makes things happen with pressure and transition. He's got solid hands, clean boxing. And it's not just there to set up takedowns. He will stand and trade with you. But if he's trading with the wrong people, he will get picked apart. His striking is not great, but he uses it well enough to get you comfortable striking before he's going to work in the wrestling. Both of these guys are a couple of wins away from a potential ranking. They're very good fighters. And if you run through their UFC records, they're pretty good UFC records. They're not getting smoked. They fought decent levels of competition. Drakkar Close just beat Hoffa Garcia. Hoffa was able to take him down a few times, but Drakkar was able to control the striking, make stuff happen, and his hands looked really good. I think that's this fight. I think Drakkar Close is going to win this fight pretty much the exact same way. <clears throat> but Joe Selecki's good. Joe Selecki's dangerous, and if he fights a perfect fight with nonstop wrestling, Joe can win this fight. I am on the Drakkar slide. Drakkar slide. I am on the Drakkar side. It's not a slug fight. <laughs> I am on the another. You said no. Go ahead, bring that attitude again and see what happens. What could first of all, you and I are supposed we're scheduled to fight on February 9th. and I know you keep hoping that I forget and the community forgets. But February ninth, <laughs> oh, Jacob Trust and me. I are fighting. Trust me. And if you're wondering if I'm going to put it together, I w- I am going to go buy an at-home wrestling mat, throw it in my garage, and beat your ass on it. And we'll live stream it. Oh, we're gonna—it's a wrestling match. No, no, I just want a soft surface for your head to bounce off of. 
You couldn't. I picked your car. Range. Who do you think wins, Jacob? You couldn't handle my range. I wouldn't. I okay. wouldn't blame right. you. Well, we're gonna find out. It doesn't. We don't need to talk hypotheticals. We're gonna find out February 9th. Oh, uh, we're gonna find out. Yeah, I don't snap know what like, your, stupid <laughs> trick you have up your sleeve that uh, you're trying to weasel out of this. Snap your stupid fucking arm in half. I'll tell you that. Yeah, fucking, okay. You're about to lose both your ACLs. I won't even have to do anything. Sure. Just move out of the way once, and you're going to be like Vince McMahon sure. when he runs down the fucking runway and jumps into the ring and blew both his quads out. Oh, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Be the funny man. This isn't going to last long. Be the funny man. Dude, your heart hasn't been over 140 beats a minute in the fucking 15 years. You're going to die, Angelo. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and break You're down gonna this fight? die. Okay. Look at the panic. Oh, the voice crack. Okay. Because I don't need... We, we all know. <laughs> I'm actually trying to think of a way that you could save face and not oh have to do this. Oh, my God. I'm that worried for you. It's going to change the whole dynamic of the channel. I'm a little <laughs> yeah, worried it, for it. it definitely will. Yeah. It definitely <laughs> okay. will. Dude, how, ahead, break how, down this no, but how crazy would it be if we got on in there and all of a sudden I did like some crazy like black You've like, been brown secretly belt. practicing like, Yeah, some, some crazy <laughs> fucking transition, like this crazy sweep or something got your back and you're like, oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well, your body type, you've never done anything and that's not an insult. Not everybody's done jiu-jitsu. I'm a fucking you're, athlete. I've done everything. Your, your have, body what do you mean, type. I haven't done anything. I've done everything. I play your every, body type is actually your body type is actually like the trickiest, like these lanky, gangly, John, flexible John guys. I'm John Jones. I'm t- I'm basically John Jones. Okay, can you break down this fight, John? Yeah, and the reason why I kind of delayed breaking down this fight is because this honestly is a, the hardest fight for me to break down on this card. I, I've been back and forth watching film, back and forth and back and forth, and I went with Drakkar close in this matchup. And I don't really love it because I know that Joe Selecki, he wants to fight to the ground. He is the grappler's matchup. He has decent sweeps and stuff as well. So even if Jakar Close really kind of, because sometimes this is why it's so tough. Because if this stays standing, Jakar Close should win this fight. If he just keeps his stand, this is almost like the, not quite the Diego Lopes kind of pass habitini thing where if he stays standing, he can just knock this guy out. It's not quite that cut and dry as we saw, but if he stay, keeps his standing, he should have power. He should have the striking. He should be the better fighter on the feet. I'm not saying Joe Selecki can't strike, but he, he just strikes to get to the takedowns, right? He wants to force that grappling. And when he watched Dracar close fight, even if he's having success in the striking, he will strike into these big clinch positions and try to force the wrestling because he also wants to wrestle. But his wrestling isn't like wrestling grappling. It's more of just kind of wrestling wrestling. So it makes it tough because I don't know if I can trust Jakar to just strike. I think he is going to go to the wrestling. And if he does use the wrestling and he's able to have success and Joe Selecki starts playing that jujitsu guard game, he starts wearing down, I think that Jakar can maybe control him on the ground, but that's where Joe Selecki wants to be, and he can't have sweeps. And the thing that I worry about the most when I'm watching film, I'm breaking down film, is Joe Selecki is very good at timing takedowns. He's kind of a jiu-jitsu nerd, but he's got good takedowns. He times those takedowns really, really well, and he's very strong with those takedowns. He will duck under pressure with these doubles and singles and really, really cement takedowns. And when he watched Jakar close get taken down in his last fight versus Rafa, it was because he was over-aggressive. There was a lot of over-aggressive striking going into the clinch position, and Rafa was level-changing, just like Joe Selecki was taking his last opponent down. So if you sometimes you play one plus one is two. I, 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 this is such a... I mean... This is such a close fight because if Joe Selecki gets a takedown, he gets his dude back. He is high love enough to submit this guy. So I've picked Jakar close, but I've played it in a way where I'm kind of like hedging on the Joe Selecki side. 
I, I picked your car, but I, this is such a, I, I don't know. That's a close fight, man. It's a very, it's a very, very, very close fight. I agree. Both these guys are very, it's a great matchup. There's a couple of fights on this card that have great matchmaking. And both these guys, I mentioned, I started it with, they're a couple wins away each from being like ranked and you have to look at them a little closer. And the only reason they're not bigger, quote unquote, names or bigger prospects is because they're not active. These guys don't fight as often as they should be, especially Jakar. If they were a little more active, I mean, look at Joe. I don't think Joe's lost in the UFC, has he? Well, people say that he lost that fight versus uh, what's his name? That was the majority decision or something like that, or split decision, the uh, Alex Silva fight, oh. majority decision. And he lost versus Jared, Jared Gordon, a split decision. Yeah, well, all right. So, but he's, so he's four and one or five and one in the UFC or something like that. But anyway, my my point being, they're both pretty close to being actual prospects. And his level not... of competition is be Austin Hubbard, Jim Miller, Alex De Silva, and Carl Beaton. So the third deterred. Anyway, we're both on your car close side. We both agree it is pretty close fight. Eighty three hundred in DraftKings, seventy nine hundred in DraftKings. I don't think that eighty three hundred in DraftKings is worth it. Because Drakkar's not going to get any... I don't think he's going to get a knockout. I don't think he's going to get any takedowns or anything meaningful there. I think he stuffs enough takedowns, controls the striking, looks exactly like that Hoffa Garcia fight, and that's not going to score well for $8,300. Meanwhile, if you're on the Joe Selecki side, you expect him to win with grappling, potentially a submission. All of a sudden, that 7900 is looking pretty good. You agree, Jakey Boy? Yeah, I think the longer this fight goes, it's probably going to favor a guy like Jakar because, like you said, he's got the wrestling base, and he is a Michigan man, and we know that those Michigan Wolverines beat the absolute piss out of the Ohio State Buckeyes on Saturday. I'm a Michigan fan. I got the little Michigan ducky behind me. Go Blue, baby. We're going to win the national championship this year. and I can't wait. Hardball's back, baby. There you go. go Did Blue. you see, um, you know, Portnoy's a big Michigan guy? Right. Did he go to Michigan? He's just a fan. I don't know where that came from. He seems to just be a fan, and it just seemed to start the last. No, he's been. No, he's been somewhat recent. No, he's been oh. a fan. I, I know. He's maybe it's been the rive. Maybe it was all the controversy. Of well, the I think it was taping of I, the practices well, and stuff. Yeah, for a while it was. Uh, I mean, it was really tough being a Michigan fan since I graduated <laughs> high school until the last three years because they won three in a row. Now they had won once in. 15 years, 12, 15 years or something. They beat Ohio State once. It was a it was a rough go. So being a Michigan fan was very rough for a while, but they're back now, baby. Ryan Day's a fucking clown. That dude's a fucking pussy. If you guys want to unlock all the bets, all the picks, our round line leans, our confidence plays, and everything else, go to wewantpicks.com. Click become a member. It is only $10 a month. Jayon asked, why February 9th? I'll tell you why it's February 9th. Uh, this all started midsummer, and Jacob picked a date that was, in his mind, so far out that it would never happen and we would forget all about it. And yet here no, we I are. No, I picked February forget. 9th. No, no, I picked it strategically because it's the weekend before Valentine's Day, and I'm going to make everyone fucking fall in love with me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, good luck. Good no, luck. That is that. why it's. I don't need luck. That is, that is why it's February 9th. He picked the farthest possible date, and that's what he ended up with. Well, the farthest possible date would have been. Yeah, but it was. Tra you're trying to be reasonable about it. Anyway, let's move on. Next up, at UFC Austin, we have Zach Reese taking on Cody Brunich in what should be a very, very close fight. Very hard read on this fight. We got undefeated. 
Zach Reese. He has all stoppage wins in his career, both knockouts and submissions. Taking on Cody Brundage, 9-5 overall, 2-3 in his last five, coming off that DQ win over Jacob Malkoon. And man, I opened by this saying this is a tough fight to break down because it really is. Cody Brundage, so talented. He's a heavy-handed guy, a killer-be-killed type wrestler. He has no problem coming forward, throwing heavy, and then working that wrestling He's fought some pretty high-level guys. He's got a high-level wrestling. You're going to see a whole bunch of losses. That is only because he took those fights on short notice. If he had a full camp, full camp Cody Brundage is a very dangerous guy. He almost put out Rodolfo Vieira, dropped that fool a few times, but short notice, got a little tired, wasn't able to keep it together. He's got takedowns. He submitted Treshawn Gore. If you work the tree... Chayshon beat Josh Freem. Josh Freem, like if you work that tree, you could get yourself to George St. Pierre. So Cody Brundage, far better than people give him credit for. And he's coming off a win over a very, very good Jacob Malkoon just a few months ago. Taking on Zach Reese, pretty big guy for middleweight. He is 6'4". He uses that size, that strength. He's pretty well-rounded. He's got some power in his strikes. He definitely has some jujitsu. And he uncorks. He will just let things go seems a little slow in his striking not the fastest guy but he is powerful and i mentioned that good bjj on the ground and there's the reason this is such a tough fight to pick is because zach reese has like baby gazelle legs he's like a giraffe that was just born he falls down in his contender series fights kind of a bum right he's six and oh but this combined record of his opponents is like four and 108 and he's fighting cody brundage Power, wrestling, hairline, all the things. I'm I'm going like slight, slight reach or slight lean towards Zach Reese. But you know, I don't Jacob convince me otherwise, right? Is is Cody Brundage not super live in this fight? What do you think? What the fuck was that? What? You know what that was. That was an honest breakdown from an honest man. You want to redo that? Can we get your opinion? I think they're waiting for your opinion. I pick Zach Reese just so slightly. I think they're waiting. <clears throat> this is how you throw me off my game, huh? <laughs> uh huh. You just you really undercut me now. This is a. Uh... If we were <laughs> if we were in the courtroom right now, I'd look at my fucking defender, my fucking client, and be like, "You're fucked, dude. You're fucked." <laughs> I'd be like, "There's nothing. I mean, he just, I mean, he just, he just cut the whole thing. Everything that I was about to say to the judge and the jury, he just fucking did it. So you're fucked, dude. I mean, there's nothing I can do at this point. Um, yeah. So obviously, Angelo was being a little bit over the top, a little bit facetious there because I do. <laughs> I think that Cody Brundage is very live in this matchup. I think that he is, honestly, the better fighter of the two. And I know that's crazy to say because people hate Cody Brundage. And trust me, there's nobody that hates Cody Brundage more than me, probably. I mean, we were on the live stream. We were loaded up. I actually did have an inside-the-distance decision action on Cody that cashed because of Jacob Malcoon fight. <laughs> but we know that that guy came in his last fight and acted a fool, got the, the, the bullshit DQ win, whatever it is. But when you watch him fight in fights, this guy is a, a decent fighter. He's got decent power. He's got decent grappling. Decent. He's got decent wrestling as well. And when you watch Zachary fight, here's what I'll say. And this is like one of those situations where it's like, don't take my word for it. 
right? Let's let's go out and do your own research. Please, for the love of God, just watch Zach Reese in his contender series fight. That's all I gotta say. Just watch him in that fight and and, and do the eye test. Don't think about anything else. You look at that guy and you watch this guy fight and you think, oh my God, this guy is a minus 400 favorite. I got to bet it. I got to put him in parlays. I got to do this. I got to do that because he looks like such a dominant fighter in that match. And this dude stands like this, right? He stands like this, no head movement. He just gets hit like this. He was falling down on his own. When he gets on the ground, when he gets taken down, he just turns into a jujitsu pussy off his back, throwing up triangles, arm bars. He lucked into an arm bar in his last fight. The last KO win he had was against a 4-12 and fighter that shouldn't even be fighting. A few KO fights before that were against 0-0, 0-1 heavyweights. The guy's been on the regional scene beating up people, but this dude is slow. He is stiff. With all that said, and Cody is my pick in this matchup. What? We also, we also know who Cody can be at times as well. So, I think Cody is very live in this matchup, especially early. I think there is a world where he can kind of out-wrestle to a decision win as well. Or maybe even kind of have some success in the first round. We've seen him be able to survive later on in fights as well. But Cody Brundage on a full camp against Zach Reese. I think the value is there. Um... You know, I, I I don't see anything of value in, in when I watch Zach Reese fight in his last fight, which is his first time he's ever fought like kind of a real person. So I'm on the Cody Brundage side in this matchup, and I think he uh, gets it done in spectacular fashion. Yeah, Cody Brundage is the worst fighter on this card that finds a way to lose. I've never seen somebody. It's like that South Park episode. You ever see that South Park episode where they were literally trying to lose baseball because they didn't want to continue playing? They were trying to lose. And it turns out the other team was just better at losing. That's this fight. Cody Brundage sucks. Cody Brundage finds ways to lose. And to pick Cody Brundage is a massive weirdo mistake. I know Twitter loves doing it. Jacob loves being the weirdo on Twitter as well. well Cody Brundage is not winning this to. fight. There's another interruption. Here's Cody the thing. Here's the thing, that you were, uh, here's the thing that you were alluding to. I mean, you alluded to it, so this is just... <clears throat> Cody Brundage beat Treshawn Gore, who beat Josh <laughs> Frim, who beat Jamie Pickett, who beat Staropola, I think it's Staropoli, actually, who beat Tiago Alves, who beat Max Griffin, who beat Carlos Condit, who beat Nick Diaz, who beat BJ Penn, who beat Matt Hughes, who beat Matt Serra, who beat GSP. If Cody Brundage was to fight prime GSP, he would be a minus 300 favorite. You could have ended that list at Matt Hughes. He also beat GSP. FYI. Shows oh. your knowledge. Anyway. Well, nobody corrected me, and that thing's got over 7,000 views, so. A lot of dummies out there. Anyway. Not, not in this chat. Not on this channel. Maybe on Zach Twitter. Reese, I agree on Twitter. Probably. Zach, that's what I'm talking about. Zach Reese smokes Cody Brundage. To do the anything on the other side is crazy. It just is. This guy finds ways to lose. He just like looks for ways to lose fights. It's when incredible. you see Zach Reese standing like this, and that Doesn't overhand matter. right comes Doesn't from Cody. Matter. Holy Cody shit! Just, just guys, please watch the Contender Series fight. That's all I gotta every, say. Every this will look like every other Cody fight. He's gonna look spectacular, and then find a way to lose every Cody fight. That's please, how this is gonna go. Please watch the Zach Reese gets it done. Minus two twenty five. He should be minus eight hundred. Ninety three hundred dollars in DraftKings. Probably worth it if we know anything. That's probably worth it. But Jacob's on the other side. Jacob, you picked Cody. I picked Zach. Let's bet $500.
I'll lower it. Let's bet three hundred dollars. What happened? Bet last openly time money. The, uh... No, we. I won a five hundred dollar bet from you. Then when I you had a five... minus four hundred favorite. Okay, okay let's let's I, play those. And then you then lost I when lost, you had another correct. favorite. Correct. Right. So let I'll, I'll take another favorite here. You could have the big underdog. Let's 250? bet. I'll bet. Okay, done. Two fifty. I'll put right. it up. Put you it put up. it up while I'm talking. Yeah, you put it up. And I'll take it. I would love that, to no take problem. that bet. That's, I would love to take that bet. Very as well. exciting stuff. Great, great news. Don't issue that. This is really exciting. Bet openly, guys. If you guys don't know what bet openly is, and Angelo, you want to explain what bet openly is? It's a tough word bet for me openly, to say. So. Uh, bet openly. If you look at the odds on every single one of these graphics, you'll see the opening odds, the current odds, and then that symbol. That's bet openly symbol. It is peer to peer betting. Person to person. So Jacob is literally putting a bet on the board, sending it to me, and I am taking it. Meaning. If Jacob wins this bet, is my actual money in his pocket? If I win, it's his money in my pocket. They are not a sports book. Sports books make their money by losing. They need you to lose so they can keep all your money. Bet openly doesn't care. You're going to get better odds because they're not taking that money. They have a one percent. They take one percent, like for well, transactions, I have to, um, and that's it. I'm going to make it Deposit? so you, you, you no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Because I was going to put it, I, I'm betting 250 but then you would have to put in like seven, $800. So I'm going to make it so you only have to put in 250 yeah, Which would make my wager like, so. my wager is like 80 bucks or something like that. 80, no, 90 bucks. 100, 100 be 194 for me. Come on. Let's do the math. So well, I am doing the math to make it so you don't have to bet 250 You're betting 250 we want picks.com. Click become a member. Unlock the pits. The bets. Eighty five dollars is what I have to bet, and you're betting two. You're putting up two fifty. Yep. Oh, didn't like that confidence. Because uh, I, I uh, last time I did the bet, somebody grabbed a piece of it before you got it. So throw it in the chat, and I'll jump on it immediately. The picks, <gasps> the bets, the round line leans, the confidence plays, and information from five other analysts. We want picks.com. Click become a member. It is only ten dollars. A month. We also have a couple of super chatterootskis. There it is. Go, go, go. Oh, God. Oh, God. Here. Hold on. Oh, my goodness. Oh, God. Here. I'll pin the super chat. You talk about that while I take the bet. Boom. Oh, we've got a super chat from Jake. What a great name. Jake Korach. Correct. Shout out to Jacob from Michigan. This is a five spot, by the way. Shout out to Jacob from Michigan Love. We got love for you here, brother. Mucho amor, mi hermano, Angelo. You are pretty. What the fuck? Thank you so much. He said, Mucho amor, mi hermano, Angelo. You are pretty swell yourself. I think he meant like swollen, not swell, but. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's concerned. You are pretty. You got that alcohol face. Little, so oh. little swollen. Do this with your cheeks real said. quick. Yeah, it's, that's a concern. Because when you push mm-hmm. in, it doesn't like immediately retract. It like stays in. But me, I got it. Look at these. Okay. All right. Let's go. Matt Reif. Mm. Next up, at UFC Austin, we have Misha Tate taking on Julia Avila. Misha Tate, 19-9 and nine overall. 1-4. and four. In her last five, she's coming out the decision loss to Lauren Murphy. Taking on Julia Avila. Nine and two overall, four and one in her last five, coming off a submission win two full years ago. She is coming off a very long layoff. 
Misha Tate, if you're new here, you may not remember, is the former bantamweight champion of the world. She is literally the former champion of this weight class, but it was a different era. It was a Ronda Rousey era. Ronda, 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 Ronda retired, lost her belt to Holly Holm. Have you Holm. seen what Holly she's Holm. doing lately? What? Like, regional wrestling scenes. Like, in like a Oh, she left gym, WWE. A, a, in like a, a gym of like 200 people, she's like doing, it's like, Jesus Christ. She just did a reality show, too. You know um, that uh, Ashley Yoder was on, because uh, you said that she was trying to do reality stuff. She's in the new She's uh, on the Squid Hunger Games. Games show. Yeah, Squid Games. Oh, yeah, Squid, yeah. Squid Games, yeah. I she didn't see it, she but I saw rigged, her. too. Yeah, which means she doesn't win. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, which means she should have won, it sounds like. Yeah. So anyway, Misha Tate was uh, the champion right after Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey lost her belt to Holly Holm. Holly Holm beat the living shit out of Misha Tate. And then Misha Tate submitted her late in the fight to win the belt. And then Misha immediately lost that belt to uh, Julian, no, the Amanda the Nunes. Amanda Nunes. But she was the champ. And she has fought some of the best women to ever do it. She is a little older. She's a little inconsistent. She also did win Big Brother. Style-wise, she's a grappler. What got- <laughs> the fuck? That's the most, the most I random. I love saying it. I know. She, I know she you dominated that Did you watch it this, this, uh, I, this season? Yeah, this season absolutely I've, sucked. I've given up. I, uh, nah, this I did season, it for like two years or three years maybe, and then it's like uh, it kind of wears you down. I really I really only care about Big Brother now if it's people. I, it, it's too much to learn new people. Just give me people I already know. Keep recycling people like the challenge. Do it like the challenge does. Recycle the same people, introduce one or two new, and we're good. Anyway. Like the stream. Misha Tate won Big Brother, dominated Big Brother, but style-wise inside the cage, she is a grappler. She wants to come forward, shoot her takedowns, get it to the ground, and control from there. She is a generation one fighter, one female fighter, right? The, The first generation of female fighters were far better than the first generation of male fighters, but she's from that generation, right? She's got striking and grappling, mostly grappling. Nothing's great. She's insanely tough, though. Insanely tough. She's taking on Julia Avila. She's a heavy-handed brawler. She's very aggressive on her feet, and she's aggressive on the ground as well. She is a BJJ black belt, but when she gets on top, she's going to be pounding away. She's not immediately jumping for submissions. She will slug it out on her feet. She's not even going to attempt to wrestle most of the times, and she's coming back after a two-year layoff. Anytime I see a layoff that long, I go, "Uh uh-oh. But it was not a USADA issue. She had a kid and uh, a knee injury as well. I think Julia Avila wins this fight. I think the odds at minus 161 are probably correct. With that being said, anytime you get one of these like crafty veterans, they could sneak something out. And Misha Tate's last fight was horrific. It was ab- She looked slow-mo. It was horrific. But that was at 125 Relax. pounds. It was at 125 pounds. That's not her weight class, and it showed... She's back in her weight class, and even though she's 37, Julia's 35 coming off a two-year layoff. I think Julia wins this fight. I think she hits too hard. She's too aggressive. She's going to come forward. She's the better fighter, right? She's not generation one. She's probably one and a half. She's not quite two just yet. But Misha Tate is a crafty veteran that has fought some of the best women that have ever walked the face of the earth. So I'm not going to bet on this fight, but Julia is the pick. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Uh, Thoughts on 101 Dimensions? The movie? Yeah. They remade that? It. They remade that, didn't they? Oh, is this a Cruella DeVille? Yeah, I can see it with the... Yeah, I actually thought that somebody said in the chat. I think Jake said that in the in the chat. But I the first thing I saw was like, yeah, it kind of does... Uh, yeah, there you go. 
Thoughts? It's so weird, dude. You always say life is a simulation. My buddy is like goes on and on, constantly sends pictures of um, the chick from uh, Bieber's ex, only murders in the building. What's her name? Say what now? You got a neighbor that just sends you pictures of young girls or something? Not my neighbor. She's not young. My buddy. Um, hold on. Uh, Selena Gomez. And I do agree Selena Gomez is hot, but he's like, she's unbelievable. She's 14 whatever. years old. And he sent a picture of her most recent picture, and I thought she looked like Cruella DeVille. This was like three days ago. And I commented, is she filming the next 101 Dalmatians? And now here you are with a hundred one Dalmatians reference. I haven't. Why do you say Dalmatians? How do you say it? Say it again. Dalmatians. You said it a little bit weird. You said. All right. Like, anyway, go ahead. Why did you go ahead? Pick the fight. Uh, my grandparents actually had a Dalmatian. Yeah, you know those don't really exist anymore because they're kind of. Tr- we had one too. They're trash dogs that bite people and are not. They are. Uh, they are. This this dog used to get. They had a, a Dalmatian and a, a golden retriever, and uh, they were getting fights all the time. Mostly the Dalmatians fall. It was it was fine towards us. I mean, I was kids around all the time, and they also have really bad hips. Hip they're like a dying breed. Like yeah, they're like not good dogs. They're they're not. They're beautiful though. They're beautiful, and I we loved ours obviously, but that's why doodles are replacing everything. Do you think okay. it was because of 101 Dalmatians, everyone went and got a Dalmatian, and then they just started eating the face off the children? They literally talk about that. Like, there's literally articles about these movies are harmful because people buy Dalmatians, and they're terrible for children. Like, they do not like children. Well, like so. I said, I was a child like, around ahead, the Dalmatian. I was a child around the Dalmatian, and the Dalmatian loved me, so maybe I'm just, I'm just so uh, Now look at that giant scar on your face. I'm uh, so pure-hearted that, that the dog, even when it hates kids, knows that I'm such a pure-hearted kid. All right, go ahead. Uh, what were we talking about? You were about to pick Julia Vila. Uh, I am going to pick Julia in this matchup. And the issue I have with Misha, and, and you kind of hit it right on the, uh, you kind of really slid that hand on the on the head there, was Misha in her last matchup against Lauren Murphy, that was, I mean, in my opinion, that was set up for Misha to come in in a return fight and win. I mean, I think they set her up against Lauren Murphy thinking like Misha was going to come in and beat this girl. I don't think it was they expected it to be easy because Lauren Murphy's a tough girl. But Lauren Murphy, also kind of older in age, looked like she was kind of slowing down. And Misha came into that fight, and it was like immediately. Because I think, I can't remember, I think, I don't think I was like high on Misha, but I think I would have picked Misha in that match, but I don't remember. But I think immediately when you're watching that fight, you were like, Oh no! Like Misha looked immediately slow in the striking, looked slow in the grappling, and she started to kind of tough it out. You could see she kind of started to catch a little bit more of a flow in the matchup. But as you mentioned, she is kind of that old school fighter, and I think the game has kind of passed her by. You kind of saw that too with Michelle Watterson. Both these girls are tough as shit. Misha is is very very tough. She is durable. I have no doubt that she's probably going to be there for three rounds. You saw that with Michelle Watterson as well. She is so so tough. But these, these girls that are coming up are kind of passing them by. Now, Julia Avilia is not like one of these young up-and-comers, right? She also has kind of been around. But when she blitzes in with those, with those strikes, she looks like a young up-and-come striker. I mean, she really gets in your face and will just unload this like 10-punch combination. And I think that those kind of blitzes in, I think that those kind of blitzes when she moves in, 
is really going to give Misha some issues and really kind of bust up Misha. And maybe Misha's able to kind of improve her grappling and go back to that wrestling style and find those takedowns. But those takedown against, attempts against Lauren were, were not really good. And she was getting hit versus Lauren. I think Julia can really kind of mess her up a little bit more than, than uh, Lauren Murphy was doing in that matchup. The thing that I do kind of like for Misha is, yes, Julia has these blitzes where she goes in, it's like pop, 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 pop. And then there'll be another blitz, pop, 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 pop. But between those blitzes, she really kind of doesn't do anything. So there is an opportunity here where if Misha can kind of neutralize those kind of blitzes in, <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying blitzes. Yeah, you're struggling with that. Is, uh, why do, but if she can kind of neutralize that stuff and do some work while Julia's kind of taking some some time off between those blitzes in, <laughs> Uh, maybe you maybe mix in a five. Fuck it, I'll give up. You're a disaster. Now I'm like in my own head. I don't know. But I, I'm going Julia here. I don't feel like super great about it, but uh, she should win. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I we're on the same page here. I'm not going to spend any money on this. I'm not, I was going to even do the round over, and I decided not to. Literally, you mentioned Michelle Waterson. I was very confident in that over in her last fight, and then she got finished. And it's like, and that was a kind similar of a doctor stoppage type of situation, but but it was almost the exact same situation where it's like old, durable. Her opponent's also kind of old. It was like the exact same situation, and it just, uh oh. So I'm not gonna bet anything on this fight, even though an over is an obvious bet, women. But Julia's got some power. She comes forward. She's fast as hell. Misha does bang up easily. Like she's like a Diaz, where she cuts, she swells almost immediately. Or like, all a, that scarring like a Amanda, like a man, even Amanda Ebos got punched twice or like three times by yeah. uh, by what's her yeah. name. Also, <laughs> just like whoa, uh oh. Well, and it's just scarring and stuff from years and years of competing. So I, I'm not going to bet anything on this fight whatsoever. But this should actually be a decent fight. And you mentioned Misha was supposed to beat Lauren Murphy in a comeback fight. Her comeback fight was against that 40 year old gym teacher who she stomped. Then she got Lauren Murphy and got pounded on. I was like a, one like a year later or something, but no, it was it was within reason. Anyway, you're probably right. We're on the same. So yeah, oh, she fought Ketlin. If she fought, no, there was a return fight. Then she fought Ketlin, and then she fought. I think so. She lost to Ketlin, and was yeah. she? I think she was dominating against Ketlin. And then I think they gave her Lauren Murphy to try and get her back on track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I think it was kind of that situation. She definitely was supposed to beat Lauren Murphy. I, don't, I wonder what those odds were. But, look, I mean, Julia Avila is going to be the lowest-ranked person that Misha Tate has fought in probably 10 years. Ketlin's ranked. Lauren Murphy fought for a title. The, actually, that gym teacher. That gym teacher's pretty low. Anyway, we're both on the same side here. Misha Tate, $7,500. I mean, there's a world where that's Damn, worth it. Damn, best fight odds has ads now and stuff. Shit. Apparently, it sucks. Josh was Misha, telling me today that, like, they're missing odds, odds are late, all that they stuff. They got ads all over the place now with, like, disclaimers and stuff. Misha was minus 200 versus Lauren Murphy. Yeah. And she, she was an underdog in the fight before that, though. Huh? Against Caitlin? Uh, two fights before that. Her comeback fight, she was an underdog. Anyway, against the gym teacher. I, huh? Take... Against Mariano? Mariano? Yes. I don't even see that fucking fight on here. Okay. Well, anyway. Uh, Misha Tate, $7,500 in DraftKings. i probably still not going to do it. Misha was minus is... 180 versus Marion. I mean, you're just clueless all the time. Have you ever been right about anything? I may not be. That was What were the opening odds of that? It's irrelevant. 
Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Plus 115. Yeah, yeah, I knew it. She closed I, I was from the, two, minus 222 to minus 180 for good reason, probably. Yeah. Well, my point, my because I remember I picked her to win, and then we went through the MMA junkie picks, and not a single person picked her to win. And I was like, I'm smarter than MMA junkie. Ugh. Anyway, Julia Vila is both of our pick. $8,700. I don't know, man. I don't know. Misha Tate at 7500 There is a world where that's worth it, but she's got to get the takedown. She's got to grind. Like, I don't know. I'm probably not going to do anything. We have 13 fights to pick from, 26 fighters. I'm probably not going to have either one of these. But if you want to see the rankings and the write-ups and the bets and the picks and everything else that we do, wewantpicks.com. Click become a member at the top. It is only $10 for an entire month. You'll get the rest of the fights for only $10. What are you watching, you pervert? Uh, Deanna posted a... Instagram, so. $10 super chat from Ty Win. Let's make a haram for Jacob for all his hard work. Amanda Hebas, Misha Tate, Brittany Palmer, and Ariana Celeste. Congratulations on all your hard work, Jacob. And I'm just, I'm just glad that I'm just glad that somebody uh appreciates. <clears throat> Two dollar super chat from Tanis. Let's effing go, boys. Lock of the week, easy money. We making money now. Woo! First of all, people. People ask about that song. Jacob wrote, he did that whole thing by himself. I genuinely think, Jacob, you should upload that to Spotify. Making money now. I'm not joking. You you should upload that to Spotify. People can use that song on their own stuff. I literally would make too much money. I told you, when I'm ready to be a celebrity, I'll be a celebrity. I'm not not quite there yet. We're getting closer, though. Yeah. Getting more confident. Dr. Y, 499 Super Chat says, when are you two fighting? February 9th. I hear it's on my birthday. I want to buy tickets. Angelo is going to submit Jacob in round. There's not. It, it's, it's, it's going to I do pass out before I tap do. out. Bitch. He's going to do whatever. He, and Jacob will pass out just standing there realizing that this is a thing. <laughs> There's one person that's just going to pass out standing. It's going to be you. Okay. Holy fat, shit. Fat jokes I'm going to show up in a fucking me. McDonald's t-shirt and you're not going to be able to focus on anything. Right. You're going to be fucking drooling. What the hell's a harem? He's correcting me? What's a it's harem? Haram. I said haram, and he said it's harem, not haram. I said haram. So what the hell is a harem? Ass clown. <laughs> I just spit everywhere. I don't know if anybody's going to pick that Next up, up. Next up. At UFC Austin, we have Clay Guida taking on Joaquim... Silva. Clay Guida, 38 and 23 overall, but he is two and three in his last five. He is coming off that decision loss to Hoffa Garcia. He's taking on a Joaquim Silva, 14 and four overall, two and three in his last five. He's coming off that loss to Armin Saruki. And this is a very interesting matchup. This is a somewhat fun fight because every single fight that Clay Guida is in is a fun fight. This dude is 42 years old. He's got 61 fights under his belt. And he's pretty much looked good in all of them, right? He's lost 23 times, but he's coming out there. He's pushing the pace. Tons of strikes, tons of takedowns. This guy's got cardio for days. He is old, but he can still outwork a lot of people, a lot of people. But he is coming off that striking loss to Hafa Garcia where he landed fewer than half the strikes and he did go 0 for 3 on takedowns. The sport is obviously passing Clay Guida by. I do hope, I've mentioned this multiple times, I don't, on one hand, I want him to retire because he's old and he's a legend and he's done just so much for us fans. 
Watching Clay Guida the last 15 years has been absolutely spectacular. On the other hand, I don't want this to be his retirement fight because he's probably going to get smoked here. Give him another old dude. Give him somebody else that is like older, aging out. This Clay Guida has some of the greatest fights you'll ever see in your entire life. Go back, watch him. It was early 2000s before a lot of you were watching. Clay Guida is the absolute man. I hope he tells us when he's retiring and he gets himself a Robbie Lawler send-off. He's taking on Joaquin Silva. This guy is a BJJ black belt. But he also has fantastic hands. He's explosive. He's always looking for a knockout. He's very, very capable on the ground, but doesn't even try to get it there. He wants to stand. He wants to strike. And we just watched that with Armin Saruki, the main event of this fight. He had that guy on ice skates for the first time we have ever seen. But didn't go his way. Ended up getting taken down, getting finished, all that stuff. But Joaquin Silva, dangerous striker, dangerous on the ground. He should win this fight. Clay Guida, it's going to say he's 41 when I flip the screen here, but he's 42. He'll be 42 like any week now. He's a little older. Even with his pace, his takedowns aren't going to be good enough. Even if they are good enough, Joaquin's jiu-jitsu. Like, Joaquin should absolutely win this fight. It should be pretty straightforward. But I love Clay, and I'm not going to bet against Clay. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Listen, this is going to be kind of half-biased and half actual breakdown because as you guys know lock of the week is a big thing for the channel for me individually the lock of the week started and people don't know this the very first ever lock of the week was antonio carlos jr he lost versus uh brad tavares went over to pfl won the championship twice i think he won two million dollars in the pfl randomly antonio <laughs> carlos jr the most random whatever but he went to the pfl and won the championship at least once that was the very first lock of the week loser the very first lock of the week winner was the very next week. That was Clay Guida. So he is a special place in my heart because he was the very first ever lock of the week winner. Now, he's not the lock of the week this week. I will say that. But I am going to pick <laughs> him in this matchup because Joaquin Silva is a guy that if you were to walk into a gym and he's in that gym and you were to scan all the fighters in the gym and you saw that motherfucker standing in the background or whatever – you would pick him out and say, that's probably the best fighter in this gym. He looks the part. He acts the part, right? You look at this guy and you're like, holy shit. He looks like he's got power, got good grappling, and he does have those things. He does have power. He does have grappling. But this guy can also get chinned. This guy can also get taken down. This guy can also get tired. And guess what Clay Guida does best is wear people down. Clay Guida is a guy that, yeah, he can get submitted. He can. He's starting to get a little bit more chinny. But he really rarely gets put out like that. He can kind of yeah. out-tough situations. He can kind of grind on people. And Joaquin Silva also can get chin. This isn't a guy that's like crazy, crazy durable. He can't get knocked out. I think, I think there's a situation here where Clay Guida can hurt this guy. Because Clay Guida is so good. <laughs> At blitzing in, getting in the pocket, and throwing big power in the pocket. And I think Joaquin Silva could come in, big favorite against an old guy, maybe take it for granted, and find himself in some big trouble in this fight. If he doesn't get Clay Guida out in the first round, I think he's fucked. I, I literally think he's fucked. Maybe he finds like a weird submission on a guillotine where Clay gets a little bit too aggressive and he finds something in the second or third round. But I don't. I think if he doesn't find the chin and get this old this old man out of here in the first round, I think Clay Guida does what he does, and that is turn on the pace, turn on the pressure, wear this guy down, find the takedowns, wear him down, and, and really kind of beat this kid up. So listen, I, I get it. Joaquin Silva looks the part. I think he's overrated. Not only in his striking, but also in his wrestling, his grappling. I think he can get worn down. And I'm going with the dog here. I'm going with the old wily vet, 
Clay Guida in the upset. Like I said, probably half bias pick, but I think there's some merit to it as well. Yeah, there's definitely merit because Clay Guida, even at 75%, has more cardio than most do at 100%. And like you said, Joaquin can slow down a bit. But Clay Guida didn't get his wrestling going in his last fight. I don't know if he's going to get it going in this fight. Well, uh, Rafa's a little bit different animal. Rafa's lost a striking match to a wrestler. Like, he's starting to show his age. But I do agree. Fuck he's gonna you. Be if he's going to beat somebody, it could potentially be Joaquin Silva. That's why I'm not I'm not betting against Clay Guida, especially not in a matchup like this. Now, if they gave him, like, some killer, it'd be a little different. But Joaquin is dangerous. He can make some things happen, but he's not necessarily that I, guy. I would say, I would say, I would go as far as if you were to put just, if you were to just take random people off the street and you were to just show them shirtless pictures of every single UFC fighter, and you had them rank fighters on how good they think that they are based just solely on shirtless pictures, I think every single person off the street would put Joaquin Silva in the top five. That guy is fucking built, man. <laughs> that guy looks the absolute part when he is in there. He is a lightweight. He looks 185 pounds when he gets in the octagon. So I get the optics of it, um, but you know I think he's a little bit overrated. No, listen, I hear you. I hear you. I don't necessarily disagree. And I think he's getting a, this line's definitely a little juiced. And I think it's getting the juice because he did drop. He didn't officially drop Armin, but he had Armin in a little bit of trouble. He was there. doing people the like, chicken dance. Whoa. People were like, whoa, uh oh. He was so doing he the chicken dance. Of, That's for sure. He got a lot of credit for that. Maybe a little too much credit. But Clay, at the end of the day, this is a young man sport. Clay is officially old. Officially old. So you got to go. You got to go young guy. 42 here. is kind of the new 28. Not in a cage. Not in a cage. You're going to spend the $7,100 in DraftKings? If anybody's worth it, it's probably him. I if think he I'm gets the wrestling do, uh, I, uh, I think I'd rather have Brundage at 69. That guy is good. That guy that is was, good. That was clever. The issue is people <laughs> are going to be... The issue is people aren't going to understand. They're going to be like, what the fuck? Well, I came back to it at the end. Anyway, uh... I'm not going to spend the $9,100 because if we know anything, it's Clay Guida is tough. He is durable. He's durable from fists. He can be submitted. Claudio Playlist showed us that. He can be submitted, and Joaquin is a dangerous BJJ black belt, but he almost never uses it. I trust Clay to survive, probably get pieced up a little bit, maybe not have success wrestling or as much as he wants. Uh, I think Clay loses. Clay loses a decision here. So I'm not spending the $9,100 on Joaquin Silva. But if you want to unlock the bets, the safety parlay, and so much more, it's only $10 a month. Spliffmaker21 says, Angelo, you've been killing it with the safety parlay. And I have been. Thank you so much. That is a premium member-only parlay that I put out every single week for every single card. WeWantPicks.com. Click Become a Member at the top. It is only $10 a month, and you'll unlock literally everything, including that safety parlay. Next up, at UFC Austin, we have Punahele Soriano taking on Dustin Stoltzfus. Punahele Soriano is 9-3. and three. I feel like he has more fights than that, but he doesn't. He's 9-3. and three. I agree. It seems like he's like fights a couple times a year, but he really doesn't. He's, he's, he fought Brendan Allen like a few years ago, and I feel like we've seen him a few times since then. But, I mean, maybe he was only 6-0 and oh or something. And Anyway. Nine and three overall. Two and three in his last five. He's coming off that loss 
to Roman Kapilov. He's taking on Dustin Stoltzfus. 14 and 5 overall. 1 and 4 in his last five. He's coming off that stoppage loss to Abus Magomedov. Pudahele Soriano is an interesting guy because he is a Division Three All-American wrestler. And yeah, it's not D1, but it's not nothing. He's a Division Three All-American wrestler. That was wrestler. a... Uh... I could have played Division Three golf. Why didn't you? I just got burnt out. You know, I was uh, I was mm, most improved and MVP best. of my of my junior year, right? A number one golfer on my team. I was all conference, wow. and um, you know, going into my senior year, I, as you know, in between my junior and senior year, I was on the Mountain Dew Junior Golf Tour, traveling hey, around a pay to play tour. Got it, pay to play. I was on the Mountain Dew Junior Golf Tour. I was I was touring around all over uh, Indiana and 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 playing a lot of courses. And I think it just kind of kind of wore me down. All so right, we're done my, here. Going into my senior yeah, year, no, I was a little burnt out and just kind of gave up on the sport. I'll pull you know, up kinda... a picture of Jacob playing golf in a minute. We're, we're done here. Punahele Soriano, Division Three All American wrestler. And you would think, wow, I know for a fact this guy's a fluid striker and he's got huge power in his hands. And he's a Division Three All-American wrestler. He must be the complete package. The problem is he's not. He doesn't wrestle when he should. And while he does have big power in his hands and his striking offense is solid, the striking defense isn't always there. And the wrestling defense is definitely not there. He's been taken down 14 times in seven UFC fights. He can be first round or bust a lot of times. But he does keep that power sort of late in the fights. He's coming off the loss to Roman Kopilov. Very good striker, Roman Kopilov. But he was taken down. He tried to wrestle, didn't have the success, and then he was taken down. Not a great look. He's taken on Dustin Stoltzfus. This guy's a busy striker. He's got good power himself. He has a BJJ black belt, and he's solid off his back. But that's not really what he's looking for. He wants to hang out. He wants to strike inside the pocket. Not the best idea, though, because he doesn't have the best chin you're going to look at him very quickly. And there's a couple of weird things with his record. You're going to see, oh, wow, he beat Joe Pfeiffer. But no, Joe broke his arm. That wasn't a real win. Then you're going to see, oh, he lost four times. This guy sucks. But if you look at his losses, they're actually quality losses. I do think Punaheli should win here. He should be the better striker. He should have the better chin. He's definitely going to have more power. Nope, not that. I have a different picture. Um... Should have more power. Should be the better striker. On paper, he's got all the wrestling. Punaheli's going to be the pick, but he does feel exactly like the type of guy that could do something wrong and blow something up. I know the UFC's setting him up here to try to win this fight. He should win this fight. He is going to be the pick. But Dustin Stolzfus is a very dangerous guy. He's not a one-in-four bum like his last five indicate. Jakey boy, who you got? Um, yeah, I mean, to me in this matchup, and by the way, Dustin Stolzfus is one, uh, he will go down as probably one of the greatest lock of the weeks of all time for the simple fact that he is one and four in the UFC and his one win was as lock of the week. But the issue is with Dustin is even in that one win, that one win should have been easy. He should have been grappling and wrestling the entire time and he should have dominated that fight and he didn't choose to wrestle until the very end. Dustin Stolzfus is a, a pretty good kind of sambo style wrestler with jujitsu and stuff like that but he just doesn't really use it and even in this matchup i don't think he's gonna be able to use it against puna healy because you mentioned he's got the kind of the wrestling credentials and when he can't use the wrestling dustin solstruce 
typically gets knocked out. That's what happens. I, I you know, I, hats off for to Dustin for getting to this level, winning a fight in the UFC. But as a UFC fighter, I just don't think he's kind of up to that caliber. This is another situation where it's I, I have a, an action on Punahili, and it's not fully because I think Punahili is like a, a, a great dominant fighter, but level of competition, he should be much better than Dustin in this matchup. He should be able to find the chin, stuff whatever takedowns it, it, you know, come his way, and uh, he should be able to honestly dominate this matchup. This should be a tailor-made win for uh, Punahili. Yeah, you're a little more confident than I am. You're not worried about him at all? He's a bit inconsistent. He gets taken down. Uh, Dustin's not that dude. I'd be very surprised if Dustin wins this fight. Right, listen, I know I, Dustin. I, listen, I, I know my lock of the weeks, man. I it, mm. if there's people that I know, and that's not like a, I know you hmm, like like it's like it's stupid. I mean, I, I do my deep dive research in my lock of the weeks. I know my lock of the weeks. I know how actually good they are. I had a lock of the week with Dustin. There's a reason for that. It was a matchup situation. He came through with a late takedown to steal that fight. This matchup ain't for him. Yeah, I mean, and the odds reflect that. Punahele should win, especially on paper. He's all the things. He just worries me a little bit. He's the type of guy that I, I feel like I can't trust him. And maybe it's because he's let me down in the past because he's got such good wrestling, because he's got such good hands. And then he gets taken down by Roman Kapilov. So anything is possible. We're both on the same side here. You're just a little more confident than I am. Are you going to spend the $9,400 in DraftKings? <laughs> Sorry, I'm watching a video of you trying to swing a golf club again. Uh, oh, yeah, I think I will. very heavy. Great. Congratulations on that. If you want to see all the bets, do you have bets on this fight, Jacob? I did. I already mentioned if you were listening. There you go. If you want to see all the bets and the picks and the round line leans and the confidence plays and everything else, go to wewantpicks.com. Click become a member. It's only $10 a month, and you're going to get everything you have ever needed heading into fight week. Next up, at UFC Austin, we have Sean Brady taking on Kelvin Gastelum. Sean Brady, 15-1 and one overall. He is 4-1 and one in his last five. He's coming off the first loss of his career to Bilal Muhammad. He's taking on Kelvin Gastelum, 18-8 and eight overall. 2-3 and three in his last five, but he's coming off that very close win over Chris Curtis. This is a great matchup. It's an interesting matchup. It's a fun matchup. It's a perfect featured fight. Because Sean Brady's this touted prospect 15 and oh going into his last fight supposed to be that guy and then he got beat by Bilal Muhammad and you may say well but Bilal Muhammad should be fighting for a title at this point the guy's a non-stop aggressive wrestler yeah that's not how Sean lost he was outstruck by Bilal Muhammad he was outstruck by potentially the worst striker in the division which by default, make Sean Brady now the worst striker in the division. But he does have decent power in those hands. He does have decent takedowns. And he does have very good jujitsu. It just wasn't there in his last fight. He's taking on Kelvin Gastelum. This is the most inconsistent, most talented guy that we may have ever seen in the UFC. Not the most talented guy ever, but certainly the most talented and inconsistent like, uh, guy ever. Sounds like somebody watched my Lock of the Week video. Uh, sounds like I broke this fight down two full weeks before you even knew it was made. So do me a favor and shut the hell up. That's another interruption from you. Calvin Gastelum, unbelievably talented. We've always talked about that. I've been talking about that for an incredibly long time. Just how good and talented he is. He's got a rock-solid chain. He's got power in his hands. He's got very high-level wrestling. 
He's got all the things except a work ethic. The guy notoriously smokes a ton of weed, gets too fat, misses weight constantly. That's why he was at middleweight forever, and he even missed weight at middleweight. But he synced up with Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo seems to have him dialed in. And now Kelvin Gaslam, he got that win over Chris Curtis. It was a close win. Chris threw a temper tantrum, talked about a headbutt, this, that, the other thing. But the reality is at 185 pounds, Kelvin Gaslam went in there and went toe-to-toe with one of the hardest-hitting, better strikers of the division. And he won that fight. Chris Curtis has phenomenal takedown defense as well. Kelvin Gastelum now going down to 170 where he should have been this whole time. And if he is going to be at 170 what he should be, and Jacob's fat fuck dog, speaking of overweight, eating I said nothing second but, meal. We, I was talking I hear, about your dog and said food, it was like... I hear the food. You're right, I you're said right. nothing but compliments about your dog. About the little dog, the big one. You make all sorts of comments. I have no issues with Scout. I do. The dog sucks. Anyway, point being, if Henry Cejudo did to Kelvin Gastelum what it looks like he's doing, right, has him in shape, ready to go, Kelvin Gastelum is better than Sean Brady literally everywhere. He's the better offensive wrestler. He has more power in his hands. He's got a better chain. He's better everywhere. Kelvin Gastelum, Jacob's highlight reel that he put together for Kelvin is just a reminder of the savages that this guy has fought. He has fought all the best people of two generations of fighters. Kelvin Gastelum's the pick. I had a pick. I picked him last week. I bet on him long before Jacob even knew this was a matchup. Jakey boy, why don't you tell us how you think this fight goes? Oh, I've known that this is a matchup for a long time, and I've been looking forward to this fight because this is the end of Henzo Gracie Philly as we know it. And I, I mentioned in my Lock of the Week video, if you guys don't know, please go watch the Lock of the Week video. I put a lot of time and effort. It's a great video. It was up last night, but I'll give you a little spoiler right now. Kelvin, Ga- Kelvin Gaslam is the lock of the week. And people are going to be like, oh, well, that's just because Jacob is a Henzo Gracie Philly hater because of the Pat Sabatini stuff. And we were against Pat Sabatini because of Henzo Gracie stuff as lock of the week. Now he's doing it again. He just hates that camp and there's no merit to it. Angelo, there was nobody that was a bigger fan of that camp than me. Would you agree with that? Every time we broke down those fights, I was screaming Henzo, Gracie, Philly, they're undefeated. All these guys are fucking monsters. They're taking over the UFC. Before people even knew who the fuck Pat Sabatini was, I was sitting right here saying Pat Sabatini's going to take over the entire world because these guys are unreal grapplers, unreal wrestlers, and I assumed... Crazy me, Angelo. I assumed that they were going to make leaps and bounds and improve in their striking. And if the striking caught up with the wrestling and the grappling, these guys would be unstoppable. Pat Sabatini, obviously he's got a little bit of a chin issue. But if, if his striking was there, he would be a, a much better fighter. Jeremiah Wells, if his striking was there, Andre Petrovsky. If, if Sean Brady knew how to strike, this guy would be unstoppable. The last two or three years... They've made, I mean, zero improvements in their striking. Absolutely zero improvements in the striking. And not only are they not improving in the striking, the worst part is they're all fucking delusional because they all think (laughs) that they are making improvements in the striking. Pat Sabatini thought that he was going to come in and knock out Diego Lopez. Guess what happened? Sean Brady came in and tried to knock out Blow Muhammad. Guess what happened? We heard two weeks ago or last week, whatever it was, they said Sean Brady says, Oh, I believe, I think that if I fought Blow Muhammad, I win 9 out of 10 times. Some guy would beat him 9 out of 10 times. In what fucking universe do you win that fight? You didn't win a hardly a second 
of that fight. I think a judge actually gave him the first round. But the striking was overly dominant. You lost to a boring wrestler in the striking, and you think you win that fight 9 out of 10 times? The delusion of these guys is unreal. I have no doubt in my mind that Sean Brady's going to come in and try to prove a point. I can strike. I'm a good striker. Watch. I know I got knocked out by below, but I can strike. I'm going to knock out Kevin Gaslam, and he's going to get put the fuck out. Kevin Gaslam, and I said in my Lock of the Week video, and I'll, put, I'll go all the way to it, I think he is one of the most, if not the most talented people to ever fight in the UFC. As you mentioned, the guy was smoking weed, hardly really training, and almost became the champion of the world. In a weight class he shouldn't have even been in. He was up in weight and almost became, he, almost, he literally almost accidentally became the champion of the world just off base, just raw talent and skills. Now he's actually working hard. He was in he was in Thailand for a while doing the Muay Thai stuff. Now he's with Henry Cejudo. He's coming down to 170 where he should have always been. He's fought there a couple times, but he should have always been there. I'm saying this right now. If he was at 170 his whole career and was and locked in and dedicated... I think that he not only is goes down as one of the greatest 170 champions of all time, I think that if he fights Usman in his prime and, Gel, and, Ka, and Kelvin's at 170, I think he fucking smokes Usman if, if Kelvin Gaslam is at 170 and locked in and loaded. Kelvin Gaslam's the better fighter in this matchup. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If he's dialed in, which it looks like he is, to come down to 170 and his cardio is still there, because sometimes when you're kind of the fat dude, your cardio is a little bit better than when you're kind of the jack dude. So I'm hoping that he doesn't come in, put on too much muscle and gas. I think he comes in and just schools this guy, Sean Brady. Sean Brady came in against a top guy in Below Muhammad, got completely embarrassed, showed that he does not belong at this level. This is going to be the end of Henzo Gracie Philly. As we know, all these dudes should leave that fucking gym. They're all talented. I got nothing against them. If they went to Lobo, if Sean Brady was at Lobo and boxing and learned how to actually strike, he would be a dominant force. But Kevin Gaslam's going to teach this gym a lesson, a very valuable lesson. I hope that they fire whoever that striking coach is after this fight. Kevin Gaslam's Kevin Gaston's going to dominate this fight, lock of the week. Set, probably a second-round knockout, maybe the first-round knockout. Yeah, listen, I mean, we're obviously on the same page here. Bet that fight as well. Um, my only concern, I only threw a half a unit on Kelvin and not more than that because I I do want to see him at weigh-ins. I just He has been inconsistent. He has proven to us you can't fully trust him, but according to Instagram and his last fight and all the other things, he is trustworthy this time out. So, We'll take that at face value. So I trusted him with my money, just only half a unit instead of a full unit. I wanted to do a full unit. I mean, that Sean Brady, that last performance. Yeah, exactly. Sean Brady's last no, performance was, not. it probably won't. Sean Brady's last performance was a nightmare. He just looked terrible. And even if you're like, well, that was an anomaly. Dude, he thinks that he went okay. nine, nine out of 10 times. That's what he thinks. Somebody, that commented, performance? somebody commented on um, the quick pick video, I believe, talking about, Sean Brady and and Joe Pfeiffer, they have that podcast or whatever the other. They did a podcast, something like the that. Broke Boys or something. They were literally talking about how Sean Brady's going to dominate Kelvin and that his pressure is going to be too much for Kelvin. When has Kelvin folded the pressure? The, like, when is he folded the, I, I the pressure? I swear to God, it's the most fucking delusional gym. And I was and I and I say that as like almost with like a broken heart because I love those guys, man. I fucking love that gym. I love those guys. I love Sean Brady. I sat here before the Bilal fight, and I said that Sean Brady was going to smoke Bilal Muhammad. I said he doesn't. I said Bilal Muhammad doesn't stand a chance. Bilal Muhammad's so overrated. He can't strike. Sean Brady's going to do whatever he wants to Bilal Muhammad. And he got fucking smoked, Angelo. 
What are we doing? Oh, I watched. I picked Bilal, but I didn't see it going that way. It was supposed to be a wrestling Jesus match. Jesus Christ. Anyway, Jacob and I squarely on the same side. I do think I do think you need Kelvin. And listen, this is the type of fight that all of a sudden Sean Brady is going to look spectacular. And it's like, where the hell? But I just, he hasn't shown us that he can be that guy. And Kelvin, even in his losses, has shown us that he is that guy. And so all of we, his teammates have shown zero improvements. If we came yeah. in... And three weeks ago, or two weeks ago, whenever it was, Pat Sabatini was, you know, bobbing and weaving and had a nice little jab. And you're like, oh, my God, okay, that's his teammate. You know, they're making, they're finally, they don't do fucking shit. I don't know if they ever even strike. It's crazy. I know it, it is. It is crazy. So we're both on the Kelvin Gastelum side. I think $8,000 in DraftKings makes sense. I got to look at it a little closer, see how well he scored in that Chris Curtis fight. It could look similar, bit of a back and forth striking fight with Kelvin maybe getting some of the better exchanges. I don't know if he's going to wrestle as, as good as his wrestling is. He doesn't always use it. He doesn't but need to wrestle. He, I mean, just fucking, just outboxing. He's got that man. big power and he's got a, the, the best asset he has is just his granite chin and his willingness to move forward. Like nothing yeah, I mean, he, he literally is everything you want in a fighter. He's not a pussy. He's got good cardio. Yeah. He's got good power. He can wrestle. He's actually a 10th planet jiu-jitsu black belt himself. That's not like a, some no-name gym. That's a very high-level gym, the 10th planet jiu-jitsu. He's got good power. He's got really good boxing. He's got that Mexican toughness. And Sean Brady, when even when he was trying to wrestle against Bilal, it's not like Bilal's also a good wrestler, so he was defending good shots. Those shots were terrible. Those were just like lean over trying to grab. There was no actual shots to it. It was, I mean, that was awful, man. Well, we're both on the same side here. I've got a bet on him. Jakey Boy's got some stuff going on as well. And if you want to check all that out, wewantpicks.com. Click become a member. It is only $10 a month. Like the stream. And before I move on, the line movement, I mean, he uh, he opened at plus 100 and then he moved up to plus one. So money came in on Sean Brady. People yeah, saw his last fight and were like, ooh, ooh, this is, good, this is good value. This has got to be because, I think it's got to be because, okay, 15-1, his first loss was against Bilal, and Bilal is like the next guy. You got to look be at the how he lost. Right. And not, people are saying like, he oh, lost he lost him. against a top level. He was a top level guy. That was the first time he's ever fought a top level guy. And he looked like he didn't fucking belong. He didn't look like he belonged in that fight. If he got out wrestled, I don't think anybody would care. It's the fact that he was outstruck, which is just in Just out jabbed. <laughs> and finished. It wasn't, it wasn't like it was, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not like it was like a, oh, Blaw find, found, a, found a lucky shot or a lucky head kick. He was just bop, bop. And he just touched and touched him. and touched. But it was not even, and it wasn't like a, a blitz and TKO. That was a, that was a seven and a half minute TKO, basically. I mean, just, I mean, he just, I mean, it was, I mean, it's awful. And Kelvin's a way better striker than Bilal Muhammad. Way better. Well, it's a wild world that we live in. Next up at UFC Austin, we have the featured fight of the evening. We have Rob Font taking on Devison Figueredo. Rob Font, 20 and 7 overall, 2 and 3 in his last five, coming off the short notice loss to Corey Sanhagen. He's taking on Davis and Figueredo, 21 and 3 overall, 2 2 and 1 in his last five. He's coming off that second loss to Brandon Moreno in that quadrilogy. This is a great fight. Davis and Figueredo moving up from 125 to 135. Rob Font is coming off that loss to Corey Sanhagen, but who cares? That was short notice, and he was just taken down the whole time. It almost didn't matter. 
if he was outstruck and it'd be a little different, right? Oh, well, Rob's looking a little old. This, But he was just taken down, held down the whole time. It is what it is. But overall, Rob Font's a gritty guy, very good boxer. Clean, technical striker. You're not going to see a lot of kicks. You're not going to see a lot of takedowns. But his striking is clean, and it is fast. He is in and out of the pocket before most fighters know what's happened. He can connect when he needs to connect. Does not have a ton of power, but he is fast, and he's clean, and he's technical. He's taken on Divas and Figueredo. Former champion at 125 pounds. He had the quadrilogy with Brandon Moreno. Back and forth fights. He's complained for years about cutting weight. I'm too big. I cut too much weight, blah, blah, blah. So now he's moving up to 135. He's still not a tremendous human being. I'm hoping the move to 135 helps him. Skill-wise, he's a BJJ black belt. He's got very good hands. He's got power, speed, well-timed takedowns. He's very, very well-rounded. Very well-rounded. He could potentially be the faster overall fighter in this matchup, but I don't know if his striking is going to be faster than Rob's fonts. My gut reaction here was, oh, Figgy's phenomenal. Former champion. Taking on Rob Font. Rob Font's a very good journeyman. And then I looked at it and it's like, well, Figgy's a little, little older than I thought he was. But I still think he can get this win. There's a lot of questions moving up in weight. How fast actually is Rob Font when he's fighting a 125-pounder? Is Figgy not cutting weight going to help him? Or is it going to hurt him? So I, I'm going to pick Figgy to win. I, I think... He's one of the best fighters on the planet at these lower weight classes. And I think those wars with Brandon Moreno were just... Brandon Moreno's a dog. And yeah, he lost his last fight, but he's a dog. And Divas and Figueredo could come in here, potentially get the takedowns. We just watched Corey Sanhagen take down Rob Font over and over again. Divas and Figueredo could come in here and actually have some success striking as well. So Figgy's going to be the pick. Not insanely confident because there are a lot of question marks with the weight change. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, I know a lot of people are really high on Figgy, and I get it, right? He's a champion-level guy. He's He's got grappling. He's got power as well. People think that he's going to really succeed and do really good things at, at 135, maybe kind of reinvent his career after all those Brandon Moreto fights. Obviously, he was a, another fight-ready camp. He's been over with the Cejudo. So if you want to play that fight-ready parlay, that's actually pretty decent money. I mean, Kelvin and Figgy, those are both live underdogs. You can both get them as underdogs. So that's an interesting parlay to play. I'll be honest. I have a money line bet on Figgy. And I'll be honest, that was kind of a impulsive move. <laughs> that was a situation where I thought I'll be I, I thought that I was going to make Figgy my lock of the week. Going into this week, I thought that Figgy for sure lock of the week. He is the more dangerous fighter in this matchup. He is going to find a way to get this done. I still think there's a path to victory, and he is going to be my pick in this matchup. I think if you're going to play him, the way to play him is inside the distance decision, decisional action. It's minus one fifteen. Right, So you're not going to get the underdog money, but if Rob Font just boxes this guy for three rounds and wins the decision, you're going to get your money back. But if anybody is going to finish anybody, it's probably going to be Figgy in this matchup, and it's probably going to be in the wrestling and the grappling. If he's not shooting takedowns, if he's not trying to turn this into a grappling match and use his jiu-jitsu in this matchup against Rob Font... I'll be honest, on the feet, I think he loses. Rob Font is a very good boxer. He's going to have the length. He's going to have the experience. He's going to have the size advantage. And I think Figgy, if he thinks he's going to stand and knock this dude out, he might land a shot or two. We've seen Rob Font kind of get busted up. He might land a shot or two in the first round when he's nice and powerful and quick and is able to get to the punch. But if this is just standing for 15 minutes, 
Rob Font's going to win that fight. So I do. You talk about the buyer's remorse and, and you wish you didn't. I kind of wish I didn't have that money line bet on Figgy. And I wish I would have just played him inside the distance decision of action. I kind of doubled up uh, in that way. If you want to see everything that I play, become a pre-member, wheelpicks.com. It's only $10 a month. And if you like just my picks with everyone we have, because it's not just me, it's not just Angelo, it's not just whatever. My picks, what, are they? it only costs like $2 a month, right? If you break it down by person, <laughs> by dollar, right? My picks are only like $2 a month. So long story short. I'm taking Figgy, but I want him to wrestle, man. I want him to try to push the wrestling, the grappling, get in some scrambles, use that jujitsu, because that's where you're going to have the crazy, crazy advantage in this fight. Rob Font's a tough dude. I do worry. If this stays standing, I think Rob Font can, can outbox him for, uh, for, for three rounds. So Figgy is my play. He is the more dangerous guy, but all these people are like loaded up on Figgy and, and thinking that this is like an absolute lock and this is tough. I think there's going to be some people get burnt pretty bad on, on or could. Get burned. He's he's my pick, but I think it's a little bit more dangerous than people people think. I, I don't disagree with anything. I mean, look at the five five to five. He's still little. He's a little man. He wasn't huge at one twenty five. He's not going to be big here. Like I'm actually surprised he's a guy that's been complaining about the weight cut because I mean he's ripped is is the issue, but he's not a humongous person. So hopefully he's so fast and the speed difference between twenty five and thirty five is so real that he can have success on his feet, and then hopefully he's not going to power through some takedowns, so they'll have to just be well-timed shots. But, you know, it, it's definitely a great matchmaking. The last, you know, there's, there's four or five fights on this card that are like, these are really good fights, and this is absolutely one of them. I don't know if it necessarily has title implications because Rob Font did just lose to Corey Sanhagen, but if Davison comes in here and sparks Rob Font, all yeah, of a sudden... Figgy's in the mix. Yeah, I, I agree. I, th I think that it was always a question of if he goes to 135, who are you going to match him up against? I think this is a, a good matchup to really test his skills because, like you said, if he if he can get inside and knock out a guy like Rob Font, that uh, that says a lot for the division, and you can definitely move him up and give him a, another fight after that top five. No, absolutely. This is a close fight, certainly on paper. Uh, $8,800 for Rob Font. If you think he picks apart Pete Davison and lights him up, Isn't I got to look at... I don't know. We'll just say Figgy. $8,800 seems expensive. It seems very expensive, but I got to look at that. His volume is insane. He's super fast. 7400 for Figgy. If Viggy's going to get the takedowns, he could absolutely score pretty Figgy, well Figgy, there. Figgy, so. can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me, and I just love your sexy ways. Guess is why I'm broken. You're so paid. That was one of the not one of the first songs I memorized, but when I memorized that song as a kid in the shower, just biggie, 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 can't you see? Yeah, I love yeah, it. And, and I you had a saw friend. zero biggies in the shower. Got a little dick. We want picks.com. Click become a member. It is only ten dollars a month. Next up at UFC Austin, we have the co-main event of the evening, the new co-main event. Dan Hooker is out. Jalen's going to go check. It's still small, I promise you. Dan Hooker is out. Jalen Turner is in. Stepping up on about a week's notice, taking on Bobby Green. Jalen Turner, 13-7 overall. 3-2 and two in his last five. He's coming off back-to-back -back split decision losses. Taking on Bobby Green. 31-14, and 14, Bobby Green. 2-2-1 two, two and one in his last five. He's coming off the one-inch punch win over Grant Dawson. What an absolute clown shoe Grant Dawson is. But this is a decent matchup. 
Jalen Turner stepping up on short notice. He's a tremendous human being. He's six foot three at lightweight. And he actually looks big, meaning he's not six three and his legs are like this. Like he seems normal sized through and through. He's got that range. He's a nice long striker. And he's one of the very few people that can use that range, use the length, use the reach to have success striking. He's going to play in the outside and work his way in. He also has a whole bunch of submission wins. Actually, three of his last four wins are by submission. He can snatch things up, make things happen. He is coming off back-to-back -back split decision losses. Wrestling loss to Gamrot. He was taken down, but he did win the striking changes. And then the last one to Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker, I was there live in person. He lost that fight. Dan Hooker out-dogged him. Dan Hooker knocked him down. And Dan Hooker was just super tough. And kept Jalen Turner playing catch up there. Taking on Bobby Green. We know Bobby by now. I keep, I always say every time I break him down, he's like a Roy Jones Jr. style striker. He showboats, keeps those hands low. He leaps in with the long jab and those big long punches. I, I've talked about for years, he doesn't really have a ton of power. And then he went out and knocked out Grant Dawson by looking at him too hard. So Bobby Green does have some power hidden under there, especially if you're a soft pussy. He'll just put you right out almost immediately. He does have 11 knockouts under his belt, mostly TKO-type finishes. Bobby Green's that guy. He's a ton of fun to watch, tons of volume, good striking defense, solid striking offense. I do think Jalen Turner wins this fight. I wish it was not short notice so I could trust him enough to throw a whole bunch of money on him. But Jalen Turner, being at the length that he has, being the striker that he is, the volume he puts out, he should be able to piece up Bobby Green. He should be able to win this fight. Let's not forget, before Bobby Green absolutely demolished that loser Grant Dawson, he was getting outstruck by Jared Gordon, getting outstruck, getting pieced up. And then there was the headbutt and that whole thing. Jalen Turner's going to be the pick. I don't have a bet just yet, but I will actually watch weigh-ins very closely because he's a massive human being. We're coming off Thanksgiving. If he looks good on that scale, fresh, he's one of the earlier ones to step on there, all those things, I will probably throw him in a parlay or something. Jalen Turner is the pick. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, I have no I <laughs> he that dude struggles to make weight on full camp. I have no idea how this is how he's gonna make 155. I I, I assume that we're going to hear any moment, any day that they're going to turn this into a catch weight, at least give him 160 or something. But Bobby probably is going to try and make him cut that weight. And we're, we're going to see Friday what happens. I, have, I literally have no idea how Jalen Turner is going to get to 155. But if he does get there, you know, I I was I, I was really close to picking Bobby Green in this matchup, even though it's Jalen Turner, because of the fact that Jalen Turner is going to be live, especially in the first round, short notice. He's a long-rangey guy. I'm sure Angelo said everything that he needs to say about him. We know that Jalen Turner is probably the better fighter, but Bobby Green is a good defensive striker, and when he gets in that flow state, if he's able to survive this first round, let me just break it down as simple as this. If Jalen Turner does not put this dude out in the first round or at least hurt him enough to kind of throw Bobby off his, off his game, I think that he's he, he might be fucked because Jalen Turner, to his credit, although he is long and rangy and he's got speed, he does start to slow down in fights. And those long, rangy strikes get a little bit more telegraphed, especially somebody that's so def defensively sound against Bobby. And when you're throwing these long, rangy strikes and you're missing the way that Bobby can make people miss, all of a sudden, Bobby's making you miss, and he is countering. He's getting that flow state, and he's doing that Bobby thing with the shoulder roll and the Philly shell, and he is looking good to the judges, and he is throwing volume, and Jalen's missing. This could turn, I'm telling you, if Jalen does not put this guy out, which he could in the first round because Bobby, as you mentioned, is getting hit a little bit more and more as he goes on, but short notice, 
if Jalen, if, if Bobby Green is still good to go in the second round, I think this could be a live bet situation where you're looking at Jalen coming in as a favorite, might have success in the first round, might balloon up to a minus 350, minus 400 going into the second round. If Bobby's still hanging around, I might throw some action. Saturday live stream when I'm sitting in this chair, we might throw some live action on Bobby if it goes in the second round. He's still hanging around and looking like he was pretty decent because if there's ever a guy that can kind of take the punishment and wear a guy down and start throwing in volume and just kind of outboxing a guy for the second and third round, we saw that against uh, Fiziev, right? Fiziev was supposed to come in, had the great round. success against Bobby, and all of a sudden it was like, oh shit, Bobby really turned up the pace, turned up the pressure, got in that flow state. I think he can do that against Jalen Turner. I was really close to picking him in this matchup. I'm going Jalen, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as people think. And if this gets out of the first round, Bobby's going to be very, very live. I, I love Bobby. I mean, I I'm a big, big Bobby fan. Bobby King Green, he is one of the realest dudes, realest dudes in the UFC. If he can pull off this upset, it would be crazy. And I think there's a chance he does it. I'm going Jalen Turner here because he is the better fighter. But, man, I, I there's, there's something about the Bobby matchup, man. I think this could be interesting. Oh, this could be like a random career resurgence. Smoked loser Grant Dawson. Actually beat Tony Ferguson, old. Smoked Grant Dawson, who we now know sucks. And watch him beat Jalen Turner on short notice. All of a sudden, Bobby Green's got three in a row. Yeah, a little... There's some, there's some caveats to all of that, but he almost deserves it. This guy's fought everybody at any time, like done all the things, just never really got to that next level uh, in the rankings. He certainly has with fans, but uh, I'll be rooting for Bobby. Um, but it, like I said, if Jalen makes the weight and looks fantastic, I'm going to go ahead and I'll probably throw him in a little parlay or something because he should. He's long. He's fast. He's accurate. He's got like he should win. Relax. But, long. I get it. He's long. Relax. You're just pissed that you're 5'11", this dude's 6'3", and you weigh the same. I'd be pissed, too. Actually, 5'11", was a gift for me just now, so you're welcome for that. Notice notice he didn't jump in screaming I and actually, yelling? I mean, I, I weigh both these guys. I'm almost one, back up to 180 now. Wow, bro. Oh, man, you're huge, Take your shirt dude. off. Let's take our shirts off. It's very cold, hence the sweater. Yeah, that's what I thought. But I, I do love, I do love, I mean, I sat here and said that he had a shot against Islam. I mean, I, I'm a big Bobby fan. Because <laughs> you imagine, literally what I thought might happen against Islam happened against Grant Dawson. It's like, dude, why couldn't you do that against Islam? Man, could, could you imagine? I was like, fuck, man, why couldn't you do that against Islam, dude? Why'd you have to waste dude, that? Dude, that Grant Dawson. Dawson loss is just... Dude, we should what have a, seen every every single person should have seen that coming because Grant Dawson came in against Mark Madsen and got chinned exactly like that. Thirty seconds into the fight, exactly like that, got dropped, but he was able to get the legs of Mark Madsen and, and survive that. But the exact we should have all seen that coming. I, I mean, it sounds stupid now, but I mean, the writing was on the wall. That Mark Madsen sucks. dropped him like that. That guy sucks. Anyway, uh, we're both on the Jalen Turner side. Jacob a little closer to Bobby Green than I am, but. Uh, I get it. Full camp, Bobby Green, great hands, ton of fun. Doesn't give an F about anything in his fights. So I get it, but I am going to be on the Jalen Turner side. I don't think I'm going to spend the 8,900 hours because if Bobby Green is anything, he's durable. This is a durable guy, and if this is a striking-only fight, you know, Jalen could pick him apart, but he's not going to finish him, and he's not going to be worth that 8,900 hours. Certainly, he could catch a submission somewhere, but Jalen Turner's getting his submissions in, like, scrambles and off of your shot, which we're not going to see from Bobby. So... Jalen Turner should win, should pick him apart, but I don't think he's going to be worth that $8,900. You say that, but I, if I was if I was game planning for Bobby Green, 
to throw everything off and you want a sh guy, a big guy on short notice. We saw how tired he got trying to defend and out and out wrestle Gamrot. Bobby Green's a, a good wrestler. People oh, forget he should that he's wrestle. a good wrestler. He should. I think, I think you come in the first minute and just spend the first fucking three or four minutes of this fight shooting takedowns. He's not going to do that. He's Bobby Green. But He's not going to do it. I don't have the stat in front of me. I had it last time I broke down Bobby Green, but I like to change my notes up a little bit. He hasn't shot a single takedown out since... 2020 or something like that. It was something. How did the Tony Ferguson I, fight to get to the ground? I, I have the stats in front of me. I forget. Maybe on Tony Ferguson. I don't have the stats in front of me, but it was it was something to that effect. Where prior to 2020, he had X number of takedowns, and since then, he has Y. He is a good wrestler. Anyway, yeah, 100. percent He just got comfortable striking and doesn't use wrestling. Anyway, no takedowns versus Tony. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he hasn't had a takedown since 2020. WeWantPicks.com, click become a member, unlock everything that anybody could ever offer you for only $10 a month. You're going to get multiple analysts giving you picks, bets, round line leans. You're going to get the optimizer. You're going to get the line moving tracker. You're going to get prize picks, underdog, fantasy stuff. You're going to get everything you could ever want. WeWantPicks.com, click become a member at the top for only $10 a month. Next up. At UFC Austin, we have the main event of the evening. We have a very salt and pepper, Benil Dariush, taking on Armin Sarukian. Benil Dariush, 22-5 overall, 4-1 in his last five. He is coming off that title eliminator loss to Charles Oliveira. Taking on Armin Sarukian, 20-3 overall, 4-1 in his last five. He is riding a two-fight win streak. This is a great main event. Potentially a changing of the guard. Or potentially a reminder of who Benil Dariush is. Benil Dariush, I know he looks like an incredible 50 year old, but he's. Look at those DraftKings numbers. Rough, huh? Yes. <laughs> God damn, man. I almost went through this whole card without any mistakes at all. One mistake on the graphic. Anyway. At least it doesn't say Bobby Green anymore. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Benil Dariush, I know he looks a lot older than he actually is. He's only 34, I think. Yep, 34 years old. He's a phenomenal jiu-jitsu guy. I think a no-gi world champion, something to that effect. He does have big power in his hands as well. We have seen his jiu-jitsu. We have seen his wrestling scrambles. When he fought Gamrot, it was quite literally the greatest display of scrambling and takedown defense I've ever seen in my entire life. It was absolutely nuts what this guy was doing off Gamrot shots. Yeah, he got taken down, but he defended a ton, and he looked incredible doing it. Benil Dariush, big power in his hands, great BJJ, great takedown defense. And he's going to need that takedown defense because he's fighting Armin Saruki. And this guy is the next generation of lightweight. He's got good technical striking. He's got power in his hands. He's got unlimited cardio, and he's got phenomenal wrestling. He has all of those things. He's going to come forward and just shoot over and over and over again, and he will get you to the ground. It's just a matter of when you get there, do you get back up or does he keep you down? He's athletic. He'll mix in kicks very fluidly. And like I mentioned, he's this next generation of lightweight. I understand why Armin should be the favorite. He's young, great energy, good striking. But we did watch him on ice skates in his last fight, and Benil Dariush has a lot of power. We also watched Benil Dariush defend so many takedowns from Gamrot and beat Gamrot in a three-round fight. Armin Sarukian lost to Gamrot. I don't want to play MMA math because I think Armin won that fight. But frankly, point being, if Armin's just coming in here shooting takedown after takedown and Benil's takedown defense looks like it did in that Gamrot fight, 
Benil's going to defend these takedowns and potentially win this fight. I am picking Armin. I have picked Armin in literally every single one of his UFC fights, and I was only wrong one time. Well, every, since we've been doing this show. I've only been wrong that one time against Gamron. But I do not have him in my safety parlay, and I don't, I'm not really betting on him because Benil Darius showed us just how absolutely incredible his takedown defense is, and those scrambles, that power against an Armin who was already dropped, this could look exactly like the Gamron fight. With all that being said, Armin is the pick, and I would not be surprised if all of a sudden Benil Darius's career takes a wild nosedive. This guy was on an eight-fight win streak, got knocked out, got smoked, lost his shot at a title, and how many times have we seen, like, like it could literally be a wild nosedive. Arm is the pick. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, I wish your cholesterol would take a nosedive. Um, but Armin, you met your break. I mean, your breakdown f- comparing him to that gamma fight is is absolutely perfect. Because if Armin comes in, this young kid, this young wrestler and grappler, and thinks, "Oh, I'm gonna show the world. I'm gonna take that. Nobody can take down Darius. I'm gonna take down Darius. I'm gonna dominate the wrestling. I'm gonna dominate the grappling in this matchup." And if he comes in and tries to do that, it will look like the Gamera fight. He will lose this fight if his game plan is just to wrestle, 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 because Darius is too good for that style of fight. He's proven it. He's shown that you cannot do that to him. If you're Armin in this matchup, you have to... I would I would approach this fight. I, I have two things to say. If I was on the Armin side, I approach this like it's a kickboxing match. I don't really care about the wrestling. If you want to try to maybe get a takedown at the end of each round to see if you can get one and kind of steal rounds, maybe they're close rounds, to kind of kind of do that for the judges, I get that thir- last 30 seconds, last minute, see what happens type of situation. But I approach this. Armin's got really good kicks. He's a pro- I think he's the better striker in this match, but he's not going to have the power advantage, right? Darius probably has the power. Both these guys have been chinned before, so it's like... Darius probably has the power to be able to chin Armin, but I approach this as a kickboxing match. I'm just going to point fight this guy. I'm going to double up his strikes. I'm going to have the volume. I'm going to have the striking pressure. I'm going to have the striking pace. I'm going to push Darius against the fence and just kind of touch and touch and touch. Avoid the power. Eventually, Darius is going to slow down. You see him start to slow down in fights before. This is going to be five rounds. I have no doubt. I guess I do have a little bit of doubt, but this is probably going to go at least three (laughs) or four, probably at least three or four rounds. And Armin, I would just touch, touch, touch and do that I wouldn't try to wrestle this guy dare use that's how Armin wins this fight and I think that he approaches it in that style and does enough in the striking to win this fight he is going to be my pick if I'm the dare use side which I you've never really seen him do this I force the wrestling I force the 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 scrambling there is the best thing that Darius does is scramble he is so good at scrambling the issue is and you saw that with Gamrot He uses his scrambling to get back to his feet. If I'm in this matchup versus Armin, I force offensive wrestling, I force scrambles, and I try to find Armin in a situation in one of these scrambles. Because if there's just a pure scrambling grappling match, Darius is the better scrambler. Darius is the better grappler. He's probably not the better just like wrestling if it's a wrestling match. But when you introduce these scrambles and you introduce these grappling situations, Darius is more than capable of finding something in there. And I think that's the best way for him to find Armin outside of just a one-punch power kind of shot. 
But like I said, you've never really seen Darius do that. Even when he was in these grappling situations, these scrambles versus Gamrot, he used it to get back to his feet. Darius is a guy that has shown he just wants to knock people out. He has shown that he can knock people out. I think Darius comes in, defends the takedowns, looks for that one-punch power, eventually kind of starts getting worn down by Armin, the volume, the pressure, in the striking, maybe a mix in a takedown attempt or two, and by the third and fourth round, you really see Darius kind of, as you mentioned, kind of fall off the edge with his cardio, get a little bit sloppier, get a little bit more desperate. Armin picks up the pace, the pressure, the young kid, 27 years old, and I think this is kind of a changing of the guard. I think there's an opportunity for Armin to finish this guy in the third, fourth, maybe fifth round as he wears down Darius, but you, I mean, you nailed it. If he thinks that he's going to out-wrestle this guy, it's not going to work, and he's probably going to end up losing this fight. So I agree. Armin is the pick, but I'm staying away from it from bets and parlays and all that stuff. Let's just wait and see. This is a good kind of mile step to see if Armin is as good as he says he is. I'm actually a hater of both these guys. I'm, I'm a very obvious Armin <laughs> hater. I've, I've, I've said that Armin sucks for a long time. I was a, a Darius hater as well, so there's no real bias here. I think Armin should be able to get it done, but he could fuck this up, man. He could fuck this up. Uh, yeah, he can. And that's why I don't have him in the safety parlay. I love the guy. Uh, safety parlay is something that he's been in in the past, and it has worked out for us in the past. But, uh, you know, after watching that Gamron fight, it's like, I can't. How could I? I'm going to pick against Benil here, but how could I fully commit to that? How could I bet against this guy after watching that fight? With that being said, I do actually think his career's taken a nose. I think that Charles loss probably changed something. He was going for a title, riding high, like People eight were fights high on in him a in row. That fight too. People were pretty high on him because oh, everyone yeah, thought that, I, that Charles was the one that was done. Yeah. But I just, I, I just, we've seen it many, many times. That one loss changes everything. I think that was the Charles loss for Benil. I think that changes everything. And that was his shot working his way up the ranks. And I and I think he's... And he really hadn't beat it. I mean, if you look at his record, I know that he's gotten these wins and stuff. But if you look well, at these... Well, he had long layoffs. Those people that I know, he beat but I mean, and he beat Gamrot. But he beat, he basically beat Gamrot just by defending takedowns. Landed one shot. It is what it is. It is a win. Yeah, I don't an think old, he won old, that fight, literally. An old Tony Ferguson, a Diego that he's already beat before, a Scott Holtzman, a Dracar Close that he knocked out, which he almost got knocked out now, Frank Camacho. And then he's got you know, a little bit older ones that look good now with the Drew Dober, Tiago Moises... Lost, lost Alexander Hernandez, lost to Edison Barbosa. So, I mean, is what it is. Lost to Chiesa. Yeah, no, listen. I, I think uh, what he did was incredible. Scramble skills are incredible. Style-wise, he could win this fight. But I do think that that loss probably changed something. Took a little bit of the wind out of his sails. Armin should win. Minus 275 seems a bit wide. Considering we basically saw this exact same fight with the Gamera fight. $9,200 for Armin. Some idiot has the graphics backwards. That actually might be worth it. If he's going to get the takedowns, if he's going to get things going, we have five rounds worth of scoring. Not three, but five full rounds. That $9,200 may actually be worth it. Are you going to have him in your lineup at that 92? I am undecided. Jacob is undecided, but you should not be undecided about premium membership. It's only $10 a month. You go to wewantpicks.com. You click become a member at the top. You instantly unlock everything you have ever needed to head into Fight Week. 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 You're going to get picks, bets, round line leans, tools, insight, information, and everything else. Wewantpicks.com. Click become a member. It is only $10 a month. You're also going to be able to double your money 
in double your pleasure, double your fun with double mint gum. Remember those commercials? I do remember those commercials. If we get to 20,000 subscribers on the We Want Picks YouTube channel and 10,000 subscribers on our second channel, Picks Nation, which we are almost there for both of those, and you comment on our giveaway video, you could win $1,000. It's literally that simple. Costs you nothing to enter this comment, entering this contest. Entering this contest is literally two clicks of a subscribe button and one single comment. And that's it. We're going to go live. Use a comment picker. It's going to grab your comment. And if you're that guy, you win $500. Or gal. Or gal. Or gal. Elizabeth's in here. If you happen to be a premium member. Shevsky's in here. You'll win $1,000. So do the things. We basically set out a goal this year to get to 3,000 premium members, 20,000 subscribers on We Want Picks. We're very close to both of those things. I do think we hit those things without this giveaway, but I do like to do a giveaway towards the end of the year, especially things are winding down. I would love to give away this money. That means we hit all of our goals. Do the things. Subscribe to both channels. Comment on the giveaway video. If you're a premium member, we'll give you $1,000. If you're just a cheap-ass day walker, you'll get $500. Do the things. The links to all of this are in the description below. And that premium membership will get you access to all the tools, like the detailed data metrics and analytics. Have you told like people to like and subscribe? Tracker. Please like. And I just told them to subscribe. I offered them $1,000 to subscribe. Did you tell them that we're close to 20,000 subscribers? We're right there. Ooh, I can touch you're it. Gonna I can feel the, it. Ooh. You're going to get the DraftKings optimizer. Ooh. You're going to get more than just me and Jacob. You're going to get the MMA Minute. He's got 30,000 Tiki Takis. You're going to get Runny Mouth MMA. You're going to get Artem. You're going to get the Pick Doctor. WeWantPicks.com, click become a member. It's only $10 a month. Any words for the people before I shut this bitch down? This is a uh, long ass stream. Yeah, I think they're getting better and better, though. You can follow me, Twitter, Instagram. It's right there if you want. A lot oh, of good stuff going on. Lots of pictures. Selfish plugs. Lock of the Week video. If you haven't seen it, please go watch it. It's up already live right now. So, uh, you guys show crazy support for that. You go. You guys don't really like these, but you definitely like the Lock of the Week video. As far as like likes. Lock of the, yeah, yeah, actual likes. No, Lock of the Week video is quite literally the best video in this space. And if you don't appreciate those, go watch those two nerds. Go stats off on a spreadsheet. Self. Oh, we can't. We can't end it right now.